0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast. It's volume 12, issue 570. And today we're going to talk about the revenge of Shinobi. And joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue we have Chris Worthington. Hello. Mikhail Kroder. (laughs) That's his game over laugh. And welcome back. One Credit Classics, Ben. Ben Cartledge. Hello, my friends. hello. Hello good to have you all on board for the game that was originally known in Japan as the Super Shinobi. And I always think this is quite interesting because obviously this game was released before the Super Famicom even. And that was the console where Nintendo decided to make every game Super something, or at least most of them, especially early on. But at this point, Sega were perfectly well within their rights to call their sequels the Super whatever. But um, Nintendo kind of came along and Stomped all over that.
1: Yeah, we'll take that.
0: We know this game in the West as The Revenge of Shinobi. And for the uninitiated, it is a 2D slide and slice ninja game from the 16-bit era and the third in Sega's series of arcade action ninja games and the first designed for home consoles. The previous two we've covered, Shinobi the arcade game and some of its conversions and spin-offs and also Shadow Dancer, which arrived on the Mega Drive, I think slightly after this one I keep getting confused about that but it arrived in the arcades before this existed so this is the third game really anyway uh brief histories with the game Ben I know uh I don't think I I didn't find a video of you one crediting this but I did find a video of you uh live streaming it and I think it was the first time you played it um but based on watching your play and you know being you you picked it up pretty fast but um it was actually quite fun seeing you kind of learning the moves you didn't know there was a double jump uh you didn't know about the you know the aerial shuriken spam you didn't know um which way to go at certain points and that was actually really fun to watch nice <laughs> nice to watch you being being a a regular schmo at points as well just falling down <laughs> holes and everything <laughs> a bit
2: human yeah yeah that's the thing with live streaming it's all on there you know like uh, yeah so this was that's like normal. uh when I when I first got into uh, live streaming a bit more, like one of the things I wanted to do because I had Patreon was I wanted to put together different types of uh, like live stream content, and one of the ones was to let people who pay on Patreon pick me the games to play. So that's that right. happens kind of. We still do that now, and that's still a thing. So, but this is one of the really early ones. I think this is a Patreon two years tra- ago. Yeah, yeah, it's live stream twelve. We did ninety three the other day. So Pandemic like, um, times it was. Yeah, it was it was March twenty twenty one. So I mean, it was mm. just I think I'd just gone back to work. I think after uh, yeah. after a couple of months of uh, after a couple of joyous months of furlough, and mm. uh, yeah, I, you, you're bang on. Like I never played it, like yeah. um, to that point, even to the point where, like, I could have played it a lot because, like, um, the the summer before, like July 2020, when I did the stuff over in in, in Abu Dhabi, um, when I was over there for quite a bit and I had to quarantine, obviously with the other job that I do. Right. Um, I had a a Mega Drive Mini with me, um, and I had to do like. Forty-eight hours of quarantine at a time. You know what <laughs> I mean. I had to do forty-eight hours in London and then forty-eight hours in Abu Dhabi as well. so you devouring do... games at that point. Yeah, but I was just I, in my head. I was like, "Well, there's loads of games I could get good at." I like I modded obviously and put a load of stuff on, and then I thought to myself, "Like, I'm going to use this opportunity to get really good at a game that maybe I haven't played, uh, or I'm going to get quite, I'm going to get like, do you know what I mean? I'm going to get better at, at kind of yeah. doing this." And uh, of course I didn't. I just played Fantasy, Star 4, you know what I mean? Like for, uh, f- for about four days to the right. point where the quarantine thing had ended and I still didn't go. I wasn't that bothered about going outside, to be honest. Oh, but like, <laughs> Sounds like the dream. It was good, to be honest. I love it with you. They bought me food and everything. It was mint. <laughs> but but, uh, <laughs> but that uh, those quarantine dreams aside, uh, yeah, this was the first time. Um, so, yeah, March, uh, March 2021 for, as part of the Patreon live stream was the first time I played. I revenge of Shinobi, and it was cool yeah. playing it. Like it was cool reacting to it and playing playing it kind of live. Really I'm fun glad. To watch. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't. I hadn't played it before. Really,
0: mm. You um, got done by the bomb on the ledge after you finally got up the log.
2: Yeah, <laughs> mm. <laughs> all Great that stuff. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. I generally stream for about two hours, and I played this for about half an hour, which is about standard because we play about two games. So it's about about kind of right. Um, yeah. I think I I normally with games that I haven't played too much, I normally try and kill a boss or two, and then um. Yeah, uh, and, and if it's kind of still fun and still enjoyable, then I'll carry on kind of playing it. But if I, I, I'm aware of the fact that I've got kind of time constraints, I, I kind of yeah. move things on. So like at the time, like I didn't think too much of it really in terms of it was quite fun. You know what I mean? Like I, I became aware immediately that there was a quite a lot of quirks I'd have to kind of learn and, and putting a clear together and this might take a bit of time. Um, mm. I was like aware, like I liked the intro and I thought like the music was quite, it was kind of quite cool but kind of beyond that like um I'd, that's the the biggest kind of snapshot that I had of it really yeah. um and then I didn't play it without any seriousness um until a couple of days ago really when I tried to sink uh, I tried to sink a bit of time into it uh, to get more of an overall kind of a mm. get an overall overall impression so it's one of those things for me like with obviously with with being of 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 kind of that age you know I me in my early 40s at this point because um, I didn't have disposable income. I'm like, what, 11, 12 at this point? Like, um, it's right. Mega Drive or Snares, you know? And like, uh, an Ida Snares, and really not too many people in my immediate circle had kind of Mega Drive. So I didn't have a friend who had this, you know what I mean? Mm. Which would be the mm. normal way of, of of playing it kind of at, at that age. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my little. Uh, my little kind of odyssey with it, really. Like it's been, like I say, it was it was fun to play live, and it was it's nice, really, and it's very rare, I suppose, especially now with how long I've been streaming for and playing games for to to kind of have the first playthrough of a I don't know quite a well-known title, yeah, um, in a yeah. live streaming environment. Yeah, and then really,
0: you, you immediately hopped onto something that even I didn't know after that on that particular stream, which is a game called oh, what was it called? Spin Master. Oh, uh, Spin Master. Oh yeah, yeah, which, that's a good one i didn't yeah. know it uh and i well yeah it's new to me and that, it just goes is... to show it, yeah it still happens um for whatever reason that one hasn't come out on uh arcade archives or it was or on
1: the Wii virtual console on their new yeah. uh, stuff yeah i got it on there
0: gone now yeah. gone now gone. anyway all we'll right save that for another time better add it to the list yeah niche. Um, very niche <laughs> chris what about yourself and uh revenge of shinobi Yeah,
3: very brief for me, virtually none, no history with this game, so this, unlike Shadow Dancer, didn't get a home computer port, so that that meant that 11, 12 year old me was out unfortunately because I never had a Mega Drive growing up, so it's it's always a game I've been aware of in the series, funnily enough, one of of my friends who's who's quite into Shinobi suggested I skip this one. He said, "Skip Revenge of mm. Shinobi. If you're going to play a Mega Drive game, go straight to Shinobi Three. Or even better, play the Game Gear games." He said. So, mm. uh, I'm glad I didn't because, yeah, I first played it three, four weeks ago. Yeah, uh, clocked a couple of clears since then, and uh, yeah, I'll reserve judgment until later. Sure. But yeah,
0: very little history. What did you? Uh, which version did you play? So I
3: played the original Mega Drive version. Version one point zero one, I think.
4: Nice. Little, Got little, all the all the of, rip-offs in
0: there.
3: That yeah. Well, not all the rip-offs. So most of them. Okay. Um, I'll talk more, of which, later. About more that of which
0: later. About that later.
3: Yeah, but I played on yeah. original hardware. Use it using an EverDrive. Um, I I do own this game on Steam. I also own it on my phone. So oh I, yeah, uh, conscience assuaged. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, right, Mikhail, How about yourself? I know that uh, you've actually ended up getting a a one CC. Yeah. This very day.
1: This very day. Yeah, uh, as I was granted some uh, some extra time by happenstance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blessed. Um, yeah, I uh, I know that you know, like uh, Revenge of Shinobi was quite a big deal when it came out. Uh, the British and French magazines that I used to read. Had screenshots plastered all over the pages, and it looked uh, really cool. Uh, Some other magazines as well. And it always looked like uh, the kind of game I would uh, be really into if I would own a Mega Drive at that point in time. Uh, And I might have, I think I haven't actually, I didn't actually play it back in the days, but I probably saw it like running on a kiosk on a little, uh, you know, tiny CRT in a. Toy Store or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and it looked really cool with all the parallax scrolling and all that. And uh, the large characters with uh, with lots of detail to them. The The sound wasn't turned on, so I couldn't hear the uh, amazing music. Um, and then um, when the Wii came out, I didn't have a Mega Drive yet. So I was uh, getting some games on the Wii Virtual Console yep. before... Uh, I actually got myself an actual Mega Drive, uh, you know, just doing a little bit of a catch-up on games that I've missed out on yeah, in the past. of course. And, uh, yeah, this was one of the first ones. Uh, the I think there was no Wii Virtual Console arcade yet, so I got the Mega Drive version of Golden Axe as well. I got Gunstar Heroes. I got the first Sonic the Hedgehog. Just uh, some Mega Drive classics. And, yeah, uh, this is also very funny because, uh, you know, the, the Wii Virtual Console was probably the last revision which uh with with quite a few changes in it that's it, yeah, uh, and I played it on and off, but never really sat down like, okay, I'm going to play all the way through it, you know uh, and i I do remember from my initial playing sessions in two thousand six or two thousand seven that it was quite tough, but I was sort of steadily making headway, and uh yeah, afterwards, I got an actual card uh, from uh, a, a colleague of a colleague of mine. Uh, at Nintendo that I actually bought uh, the Mega Drive off, uh, which turns out to be version 1.3 because it has... Well, we get to all the versions later on. But uh, yeah. yeah, it has a few uh, modifications. Um, and I played it, uh, it with a switch on my, my PAL Mega Drive flipped to 60Hz, uh, which turns the game uh, Revenge of Shinobi actively into the Super Shinobi, funnily enough. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and... Yeah, you know, I started playing. Then, uh, when did we put the last video? with this podcast out? It was uh, last Monday, I think. So last Monday, I started playing properly because then I had my uh, slate wiped clean, so I could get put some time onto it. And I thought, like, you know, I'll probably bust this fairly quickly, and then I got uh, <laughs> smacked in the face by some really difficult sections, some real yeah. like uh, hurdles uh, along the way. Most it's got notably. Some spikes. Uh, I got stuck a little while at the uh, at the airport with all the soldiers with the chain link fences on the back and, hmm. uh, and the front, and you know, playing on my original hardware. I I think I even deleted it from my Wii to save some space. Uh, playing on the original hardware without any way to sort of save and continue later on, yeah. or or save state practice. I mean, Chris did the same, of course. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was slow goings, but uh, yeah. Thankfully, slower than expected. Slower than expected. And, and yeah. Chris, during the week, gave me a good tips. He said, like, set it on easy because all it really changes is uh, it gives you nine lives, which yeah. definitely helps when you're trying to learn a boss fight or some stages, you know, instead of getting just three tries and having to start all the way from the beginning again. So that helped, uh, helped a ton. And that's what I cleared the game on as well, on, on one credit, uh, with the, on, on easy but i've played si- the the two difficulty uh di- two difficulties side by side hard and easy or normal and easy i should say mm. and yeah really the only discernible difference is the, is the amount of lives you get yeah that's all i yeah. can, can because the, the it's just on easy is just as mean and the enemies are just are placed in the exact same sort of aggravating positions where they knock you back into a pit or what have you yeah yeah
0: We'll talk about mitigations and things. Uh, I definitely have the most extensive history with this game. It was one of the earlier games I bought when I got a Mega Drive. I got my Mega Drive, bought it off a friend in 1991, came with some things, uh, Sonic and uh, the EA basketball game and some other bits and bobs. But of course, soon I was garnering all uh, all the classics, all the things that I'd been looking at enviously and... Been around his to play and on rental and stuff like that, and uh, I picked up a. I think it was a. Pretty sure it was a Japanese import copy of Revenge of Shinobi because I had a Hack Sword Mega Drive. Wasn't sixty hertz though, so I would have played it at uh, at PAL speeds. Probably traded that cartridge in at some point, rebought it on a PAL cartridge and played it some more. Uh, probably ended up with that Mega Games cartridge with the game on again, but um, at some point even i I played it on and off for a few years but i, I rem- remember very clearly i think it must have been 96 97 i kind of had a, a period where i was going through 16-bit classics that i hadn't beaten and i was kind of in the zone for for clocking things and i did actually manage to c- complete this one although i only got the uh only got the crushed Noco ending, sadly. <laughs> um, but you know, I still, uh, I, I still knew that I'd done it on original hardware, and that was, uh, and that was nice. Since then, I've owned it on. Uh, well, I didn't get the Wii Virtual Console version because, again, they were PAL versions in PAL territories, obscenely. Um, but the version that I've put the most time into and have uh, since completed with the good ending, hurrah, is the version that's still available. It was an Xbox 360 release, but it's playable on Xbox One and Xbox Series consoles. And it's actually, it's confusingly, it's a compilation from M2 called Alex, Kidd and Company. And it's a really weird, seemingly completely random. They released these brilliant little compilation sets. There's a Streets of Rage one, a Golden Axe one, a Jam & Earl one, a Monster World one. And then there's this first one they released is Alex, Kidd and whichever alex kid it is i don't even know shinobi <laughs> land no sadly <laughs> no. not no no that would have been more interesting and relevant it's uh, i think it's the mega drive alex kid is that the enchanted castle i i am not a fan of alex kid <laughs> uh or alex the kid Ooh. um super hang on is on it the arcade version also a really a, nicely emulated Also
1: a renowned friend of uh, alex kid super hang on is
0: yeah, yeah exactly and <laughs> yeah. the third game is revenge of shinobi uh you can also play the japanese rom and because m2 are like that you can even play the pal version with its uh, squished graphics and slower gameplay because that's the kind of completest they are and then so that's the version i've been playing up to the show and then suddenly yeah, today i realized i do have it again i bought it again last year on the mega drive mini 2 console mm. which it came with legitimately Um, it's basically exactly the same version um, with the same it's got the it's got slightly less fewer features because the the uh, the Xbox 360 one had some like challenge settings and stuff like this and online leaderboards, which obviously the the Mega Drive Mini 2 doesn't have doesn't really matter because you can't buy it anymore. Anyway, Uh, probably it was an it was an Amazon exclusive and i suspect it goes for collector's prices now so uh-huh. ya boo sucks i got one and you didn't mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so is alex kid and co still available to buy yeah
0: yeah oh cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah that then? whole series uh svc sega vintage collection i think there's five volumes all by m2 and yeah i always recommend them on these shows for me just about the best ways you can play those uh, play some of those games with you know best emulation, best features, all that kind of stuff. Um, save states, but no rewind, and uh, yeah, other bits and bobs like a music player and yeah, uh, great cool. stuff. Yeah, very 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 cool indeed. Um, so yeah, here we are. Sega R and D two made it the home consumer division. It was published, of course, by Sega. Other than in South America, where it's published by Tech Toy. It was released in Japan and North America, December, 1989. That's old it is. And the PAL version arrived October, 1990. Tom Fum from the forum says, my brother had an import copy he got from a friend when it came out. We spent many hours playing it and finally beat the game. It was a real journey, great graphics and oozed coolness. Along with that thumping soundtrack and sound effects, it really felt like an arcade game at home. It's a classic for me, love it. As Mikheel alluded to, reviewers agreed. Mean Machines gave it 94, as did Megatech, Computer and Video Games, and Sega Power gave it 93%. Mega Magazine, 91 The Games Machine, 88%. EGM in America, still pretty enthused, although maybe not quite as enthused, but 34 out of 40 Uh, And uh, not that many user reviews around, but uh, Nintendo Life has a a little handful and uh, it's got an 8.8 out of 10 on there. So people still, I guess, generally feel positively disposed towards it. Although we'll hear from somebody later who really doesn't. Seth from our forum says, is there anyone who owned a Mega Drive who didn't play this game? Given its availability in bundles and game packs, it was practically issued to every home in the Western world, whether you (laughs) played games or not. While Revenge of Shinobi is mostly remembered for its brazen, I-can't-believe-they-thought-they'd-get-away-with-this IP-theft bosses, it still holds up well today, as modern indie games have shown us tight side-scrolling hack-and-slashers never age or fall out of style. And despite being an early game in the Mega Drive's lifespan, the visuals were much better than they had any right to be. The trick of moving to the background in some levels was the coolest thing I'd ever seen as a young player. The music, especially during the first stage, has been rent-free in my head since I first played the game. That Mega Drive sound chip just had a way of making games sing in a way its contemporaries could never replicate. Yes, I'll admit that I used the infinite shuriken cheat every time I played this game because even as a child I valued quality of life. Also if memory serves me right I think there's a way to gain infinite lives on one of the levels. These make what is a difficult game a little more fun. I forgot the name of it but the explosion special move was ironically a lifesaver on the more difficult bosses as some of the hit boxes are complete BS. I've only finished the game once and I don't think I've played it since. I can see the difficulty being a barrier for anyone trying it for the first time. So obviously we've been following closely the story of Joe Musashi as we've been through the games, and, uh, and what's going on with him now? Mm. He's in trouble. What a wild ride the story is.
1: <laughs> so I, I think the uh, Western title, The Revenge of Shinobi, is uh, kind of misleading because this is not the revenge of the Shinobi Joe Musashi, but it's the revenge of Zid in, gu- in the guise yeah. of Neo Zied who have put their whole organisation... On one single goal, which is to kidnap uh, a ninja's
0: fiance. Yeah. Foolish, some might say.
1: Yeah. And you think, like, how do they even know? You know, we're talking about a ninja here. How do do they even know You know, who his fiance is and how they can get to it? Well, of course, the first game, the arcade game, <laughs> uh, really gave that away because he was foolish enough not to wear a mask at that point. So everybody could easily identify mm. him. So this is a very, uh, yeah, a very refined kind of link to the first game, of course.
0: Once again, he's uh, donned in non-traditional bright colours for a yeah. ninja. He's yeah. the boldest ninja, but then he doesn't really do stealth either.
1: Not that very stealthy, no. <laughs> yeah. Here's another. Uh, here's
0: another little plot
3: point. Is mm. it is on the title screen? Is that Joe
0: Masashi? Because he's wearing a different outfit. Well, yeah. I mean, that is uh, that's clearly Sunny Chiba. Or yeah, at I least, it, is it? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least in the earlier versions of the ROM. Yeah. Yes. Uh, these things weren't so kind of carefully stitched together in, in no. these days. And, <laughs> it's just and I a, think,
1: a, a Shinobi. The, the I think the they telescope. just
0: called it Revenge of Shinobi in the West because A, the Super Famicom and Super Nintendo had happened by the time it came out and B, it sounded cool.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Steam blurb has it that after being reduced to rubble by Joe Musashi, the crime syndicate Z has made a vengeful return as Neo Zeed. Mm. Upon re-establishing their mighty crime empire, they assassinated Musashi's teacher and kidnapped Naoko, Musashi's fiancé. Joe Musashi has sworn revenge, that's the revenge part, and set out for the heart of Neo Zeed.
1: Yeah, it feels more like they're plotting an elaborate revenge scheme on him. I would, I would concur. Because they make you... Neo Zeed, the, the leader, makes you go through all these ordeals throughout the whole game. And he's yeah. he's sicking everybody on you, he's sicking the Terminator on you, sicking Spider Man <laughs> on you, Batman. Yeah. Everybody's in his pocket. Against their will, presumably. Yeah, and then uh, and the finally finally, his final his final uh, yeah step of the uh, his revenge scheme is basically you know crushing your fiance before your
0: very eyes. Yeah. He yeah. could have just done that at any point. Yeah. Why did he wait till you arrived? I mean, that's classic Bond, yeah, type stuff. And I presume I'm not a really a martial arts movies expert, but I don't know if is that a kind of is that a traditional kind of staple of the sort of Bruce Lee type movies, the kind of Bondian
4: mm.
2: thing. Ben, not overly. I mean, it's, it's I don't know. Uh, I can't think of too many where that happens, but then no. there probably is quite a lot. It's kind of just a. It's just a bit villainous, isn't it, to be honest? I yeah, don't it think is. it's like I don't think it's like culturally specifically villainous. Or I don't think it's kind of a. sure do you know what I mean? Yeah. A kind of a yeah, an ancient Japanese uh, uh villainy. No. But uh, but yeah, it's just a it, horrible thing to do to someone, isn't it? It
0: is, yeah. If you're
2: being yeah, honest, that's like, not ideal. The
3: thing that made the thing that made me smile about the whole conceit was if you if you let the title screen if you leave it and you just let the little story your track mode run. Mm. It it will tell you that what Neo Zed were really fearful of was was the powers of stealth posed yeah. by this mysterious <laughs> shinobi organisation. But if they were so worried about stealthy people, what, what the hell are they doing going after old Joe Masashi? Because he must be the least stealthy person yeah. that's ever walked yeah. the planet.
1: Maybe they forced them out in the open. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, he's not really trying to go back
3: into the shadows, though, is he? At this point, they forced oh.
0: him to walk a straight line towards all their <laughs> soldiers as well. Yes, uh, yeah. rather than <laughs> circumnavigating anyone at any point. We're yeah. probably uh, probably <laughs> going too far by dissecting the issues with two D video games, um, and and the way they play out. But what it does do, bearing in mind that this was uh, conceived in the late eighties, it does give you the uh, the opportunity. This story, for whatever reason, to go from Japan. Uh, to from rural Japan to Tokyo to a military base in America to Detroit to Chinatown to New York and then the Neo Zed marine stronghold Mm. in your quest, which you know allows for a variety of different types of stage, I suppose. Uh, and there are though there are female ninjas dressed as nuns in this game, (laughs) uh. According to an interview from 2003, which was translated by the excellent Shmuplation site, uh, Noriyoshi Oba was asked, why are the female ninjas, Kunoichi, in stage two, wearing nuns habits when they first appear? His reply, that was just my personal fancy.
1: Oh, dear. I like how uh, upfront he is about that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ninja nuns.
0: Yeah. Uh, but that does bring us on to the the look of the game. Uh, obviously, early sixteen bit console game. Sixteen bit machines had been around for a while. Amiga and ST, and uh, was the S was the sixty eight x sixty eight thousand sixteen bit? Certainly looked like it. Yeah, but all yeah,
4: um, the thoughts so, are yeah.
0: But in terms of uh, yeah, home consoles obviously coming off the back of the even the, the PC Engine was an eight bit machine with albeit with some sixteen bit esque graphics. Um, this was next level stuff, next gen stuff. According to retro gamers making of this game looking better than anything that had appeared on home console or a computer up to that point. It was the first Mega Drive release that really opened people's eyes to what the machine was truly capable of delivering. Something Ober puts down to the game's success. We were adamant that the Super Shinobi would make full use of hardware functions available at the time. If you look at its backgrounds, for example, in usual Mega Drive games, there are only two layers of scrolling. However, in the Super Shinobi, there are three to four in many stages. And this added a lot of depth that just wasn't seen in Mega Drive games at the time. I think what's it's even more striking because obviously I think the Mega Drive was uh, exploited to much greater extent over the next two or three generations of games as, as the machine Ran on into the mid 90s, but if you consider the games that came out right at the start of the Mega Drive's life, yeah. such as Space Harrier 2 and Alter Beast and things like that, this was very much looked like they were trying to push the hardware. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah this is quite a large uh, production in comparison.
0: Yeah, and how do you think it holds up, Mickeyo in terms of atmosphere and style and, and artistic merit all these years later?
1: I like it a lot. Uh, I took a like a, a week ago when i started playing i took a picture of uh the trinitron when i was start f- mm. fired it up and i just loved how sort of the uh yeah the how little how 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 there's so much kind of uh gritty detail in the in the sprite work
4: yeah
0: yeah stuff like the the the, the time of day changes on stage one that yeah. was quite a, a leaves, leaves blowing there even you know, yeah it's kind, uh, kind of little details, details.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The wave animation in the docks, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that. And it's only yeah. if, like there isn't there aren't loads and loads of frames of animation at all by certainly not by modern standards, but even by standards of games that would come a few years down the line. But it's about picking the right frames of animation yeah. and, and drawing them beautifully. So there those waves, I guess I'm not looking at them now, but I reckon they're probably like three frames of animation or something. Yeah. Yeah. Those, look... uh,
1: that that waterfall stage as well, like uh, yeah. stage two yeah. one, uh, very hypnotic effect. Uh, yeah, with very minimal but, means, but just very striking. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's
3: it. I mean, there's some obvious parts of the game which really stand out, other than the waves and the waterfall. The waterfall you get to in stage two, and that's the first real wows as Wow, well. mm. that looks really good. But I think the the bits that have held up the best for me are are just the the sprite work. Mm. The Retro Gamer run this uh, Ultimate Guide to the Revenge of Shinobi many years ago, on and they do this nice thing occasionally where they they have one page where they just print graphics and each of them are just the just the enemy sprites just all printed on the yeah. page, yeah. And and when you see it down on paper and the pixels and all their glory, they really are really nice to look at. And then when you see it on paper and then you go back to playing the game, you start noticing this stuff. And as McKeel said, there's there's real texture to the enemy sprites that you really see in games of this age and I I think it holds up wonderfully I think the the way it looks the only complaint I have is that I think some of the stages look a bit bland Mm. Um, but I mean it's one of those isn't it that if you know in 1989 I was still playing my Specky, and if you'd have shown me this oh my god
0: yeah yeah yeah,
3: in comparison to what I was playing at the time I mean it's a just a completely different level
0: yeah, I yeah. certainly spent a lot of time looking at screenshots in in the likes of C, M, V, G, and E machines before I'd even seen a Mega Drive, uh, in the flesh, so to speak, and uh, and yeah, by the time I actually got to got to play the game, I guess I'd already played things like Sonic and Castle of Illusion, so it perhaps didn't quite have the same. If I if this had been the first Mega Drive game I'd have played, it almost certainly would have been one of the best things I'd ever seen. Ben, what are your feelings on the the visuals for Revenge of Shinobi? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think like um, Sega does this really well. To be honest, like, uh, and I've I've mentioned this like before with with a couple of different titles, really, like their ability to produce um, kind of I don't know, like stuff that's that's the same but different, um, and not just a rubbish version of what people maybe know this IP for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like. I said about like eight-bit versions of games when sixteen-bit versions are out, like they're, they're kind of different. I played talking about streams. I played uh, Mercs on a stream last night, the Mega Drive version, and I played oh. like the story type mode thing. You know what I mean, where you get extra characters, and it's, oh, yes. it's it's a cool kind of kind of little quirk like that. And I think this is another example of that, really. Like uh, they they kind of had the the opportunity, I suppose, without the the, the I guess the overall kind of obviously they didn't have the same hardware like as, as they did have in the arcade but they had the opportunity to try and make something um kind of uh like that people would recognize but was so kind of uniquely kind of more i don't know home-based that it would kind mm-hmm. of stand out a little bit and i think it does that really like i think like um like they they, they kind of do a good job and like i say with what they had to work with uh at the time like there's there's a lot of stuff in this you know yeah. yeah, it's a low
1: uh, amount of RAM that they had on the cart, right? So oh, yeah. you
2: see that a bit in,
1: yeah, a lack of uh, animation frames in a, in a lot of cases. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's not that fluid, especially not of course if you compare it to later Mega Drive games. Um, but also just the size of the main character in the sprite was also yeah. like a big deal. And yeah, it
0: was yeah. yeah twice twice or three times the height of generally yeah. characters that we were used to playing as. And again, I think. These are the sort of details that yeah. it's easy to to get lost to time if if we don't kind of highlight them.
1: Yeah, and it's not quite sort of soda levels of character sprite size, but uh, I mean that's the only thing sort of soda has over this game. Yeah, ah. so, yeah, at least this one, at least the sprite moves. Yeah.
0: That said, <laughs> exactly. that said, there are there are some stages, and again, going back to to seeing watching Ben playing this for the first time. There's some bits of the levels that I've gotten used to because I've played this over this ridiculously long, you know, 30 plus year period, but... There are some actual bits where the game is—it's almost a bit like we've talked some sometimes about those Game Gear games where they've taken the Master System game and kind of zoomed them in because of the perspective and the smaller screen, and you can't quite see what's going on at the periphery of the screen, and you have to yeah. almost leaps of faith and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. like that. There are
1: some leaps of faith
2: in here for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think for me, the other thing with that is like, I don't, and we will probably on to this a bit later. Like, I think um, I don't think he can. I don't think he handles that well, to be honest. Mm. Like, we'll uh, we'll come on to that. Yeah, I think that's that's and that's a, a kind of bigger thing when, especially if you're looking at like maybe if you think the things a bit zoomed in, you know what I mean? You've got to make yeah. kind of uh decisions like that. It's it's it kind of it's a bit uh, it's harder in that respect, I suppose. yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Let's come back to that though after we've talked a little bit about the music because I think. It's probably the thing that I actually come back to this game most for. Um, and I, I'd already heard Streets of Rage. I think when I first played this, I'd, I don't think I'd already played Streets of Rage one, so I was already familiar with Kashiro. Mm. And I think in Streets of Rage one, which was uh, mainly by the same development team as as this game, he was given even. A, this this was Yuzo Koshiro's first ever 16-bit soundtrack. Amazing. Um, And he got the job off of... Uh, he got the job or his studio with his family, Team Ancient, got the job of doing Sonic 8-bit for the Master System off his work with Sega on this game. Obviously, then he went on to make Streets of Rage music and then Team Ancient got to make Streets of Rage 2, and uh i mean that's yeah it's a pretty amazing story but here he's playing with a 16-bit sound chip an extremely limited uh amount of space to deal with but puts in a 19 track ost that doesn't really sound that much like the the musics from the previous games that we talked about Mm. uh i remember i remember we were talking about um obviously the the track in Shinobi one that sounds like "All She Wants Is" by by Wham, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was obviously influenced by things that were around at the time. And I think that's also true of Kashiro's music here. There's a lot of there's a lot of dance and funk, and there's also stuff which sounds like it's out of uh, maybe earlier movies and things like that. Yeah, the one... a little
1: bit of swing beat and, and stuff. Yeah, but there is a funky sort of step yeah. step to the game that uh, I do find uh, slightly reminiscent of the original Shinobi, at least.
0: Yeah, and some sounds that would probably go on to influence Sonic the Hedgehog as well, um, I think, because maybe Sega at this point hadn't quite realized. Obviously, they knew what sound chip they'd put in the machines, mm. but I don't think they were quite maybe aware of just what could be done with yeah. with the sound chip until Yuzo Koshiro's kind of... He yeah. did
1: some, some crazy stuff on this. Uh, like, he used uh, the limited sample capabilities... Uh, of the uh, yeah Yamaha uh, sort of F- FM synth style sound chip of the Mega Drive to uh, yeah basically sample drum sounds and, yeah, and add add to the percussion that way
0: yeah yeah it's uh it, it's it's pretty groovy stuff any any standouts or favorites Chris
3: yeah five one for me is is my favorite this got a real kind of jazz. Funk vibe. It's the one where you walk in the streets. Is it? it I don't know. Is it, is it China or is it downtown? Chinatown. Chinatown. Yeah. yeah Chinatown. Yeah. Like yeah. That, yeah, that. That is amazing. Great. I've got a note in in front of me which just says Five One Music. Amazing. That is my <laughs> favorite. But the the most the, the first one that really caught my attention was the the boss music. So it repeats. I don't know. if It repeats on all the boss battles, but it's certainly on Other the than first the one. And one, it's yeah. it's yeah. on the boss. Is it? Is it on every boss battle? Yeah, same, but,
1: pretty much. Yeah, even Apart the
0: last the one, final. I think. No, not on uh, the no, final. No, I'm sure it's. A, I'm sure it's a separate final boss tune. Hmm. So it's the one with the
3: drum sample in, like the real yeah, yeah. rocking track. That is, I mean, that's the first one where I thought wow, is... But I'm just wondering. So on the title screen, it actually has Yuzo Koshiro's name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that. I mean. Am I misremembering, or was that not a thing? Was that a that common wasn't thing much of a do? thing?
0: No, I, I'm not really sure exactly how or why that came about. But yeah, it um, it 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 was a thing. Yeah, it was like this game has used to music, and you should probably know that. <laughs> yeah, he, that's yeah.
3: what I mean. Like he wasn't because at that point he'd done East One and Two, hadn't he? And he'd done he'd done some eight bit stuff. But he, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Right, more notable things seem to have come after this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it wasn't in all versions either that Yusuke Shiro's name was on the, on the, um, title screen. Okay. Yeah. I think
0: maybe it was added in versions after he'd started to become a bit of a name. Oh, right. Well, yeah. that would make yeah.
1: sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: Ben, I heard you, uh, make a few comments. Obviously you were concentrating on your audience and your chat and learning the game, but you were still like saying, you know, tune kind of thing.
2: Yeah. It's decent to be honest. Like, um, I think it gets kind of uh, lost in the shuffle a bit because there's so many. I and I haven't. I'm not as familiar with this with with a lot of kind of his other work, really, because mm. obviously just the amount of time that I've kind of played it. But my initial impressions were obviously uh, very positive. The problem is if you are like good at this, like in terms of doing music, like like amazing stuff for other people, which would stand out loads, and people would go, yeah, but that by him kind of does get lost in the shuffle with somebody who's got an extraordinary, like, do you know what I mean? Like, library of kind of stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if you were like, I don't know, like if if someone terrible, like uh, I don't know, if someone terrible like Bon Jovi had written Stairway to Heaven, <laughs> right, you'd be like, oh, fair enough, at least they wrote Stairway to Heaven. You know what I mean? Led Zeppelin <laughs> wrote it, and you're like, it's probably not even top five. You know what I mean? When you look at kind of the uh, the depth of that kind of canon. So I think that's the thing for me. Like I'm not as familiar with this um, as the rest of uh, uh, users work, obviously. But um, yeah, initial impressions are good, and that's always a yeah. Well, that's always a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think uh, some
0: of the the I've ended up like playing the first two or three levels of this game more than the rest of the game over over time. But actually, the more you play through the later stages, yeah. you know, the, yeah. more, the more the later tunes come. And of it's start also to...
1: the like the Chinatown track, you know, uh, of course, completely, understandably stood out uh, to Chris, uh, does to me as well. But then you start, it's like playing an album, a music album with some really standout tracks that immediately capture you. And then the more you start playing the album, the more you start sort of tuning into the the, the songs that you initially didn't appreciate very much, you know? Yeah, So it's more like the low-key stuff that really started yeah. worming its way into my brain. Like the waterfall stage music, which comes back a couple of times back has really like a little wicked up upbeat little groove to it. Uh, the factory level is uh, super funky and there's some crazy drum work in there, yeah, for example. That. And mm. yeah, the, the boss music as well, like uh, Chris was saying. Is, uh, some A lot of these tunes, because of course in the past week I've been playing this game pretty intensely, it's just like wormed their way inside my inside my brain and yeah it felt good you know in a good way it's it wasn't like I wasn't getting annoyed that this tune stuck with me yeah I've I've enjoyed listening to
3: this soundtrack much more outside the game actually and I I, I listen to a lot of video game music outside of games but I I almost always prefer listening to video game music in game rather than out of game but but with this with this soundtrack when I first started playing this, I, you know, there were the standout tracks that caught my attention that I've just mentioned. But I, I mean I, I love the soundtrack to Streets of Rage. i I'm not a huge fan of the game, but I really love the music. And I was a bit I was really looking forward to sampling this this Yuzu soundtrack that I'd not heard. And I must say at first I was a bit like, oh, okay, you know, it's good, but it's yeah, it's no, it's not great. But then they Earworms start to worm their way in. And then mm. I started listening to the soundtrack outside of the game. Mm. And I got a much more, I got yeah. a much bigger appreciation for the for the whole thing by listening to by not being distracted by the things not, it was trying to do in not the Not having
1: the metal clinging, not having the explosions Perhaps, of all yeah. the... Uh, not not falling off, combusting enemies. enemies. Yeah, 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 all that, mm. yeah,
0: yeah. And those sound effects that uh, that were... Basically, wholesale reused in Streets of Rage as well, which is. Yes, I like these sound effects. I'll use them twice at least. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, seek it out. listener. even if you've got no intention of playing this, uh, this creaky old game, do check out some of the music. Speaking of the creaky old game, uh, Oba intended Revenge of Shinobi to have a high level of difficulty to get the player to think about how they could best beat the game. The game's ninja magic was intended to be helpful in particular situations or boss encounters, making certain parts of the game much easier if the player knew which ninja magic to use at what time, according to Wikipedia. And again, seeing Ben learning the waterfall stage on his live stream video, you've got handy people in the chat who love the game and have recommended it to you going, you use the magic. um, In fact, again, because obviously you weren't playing with (laughs) with a printed manual, you didn't even know about the select a magic option no none of it
2: like i say it was all kind of a uh, uh, that's that the kind of joy of it really like i say i yeah, have to yeah. try and figure out on the on the kind of uh and with some interaction like you say, because there's people in the chat who maybe picked it there's people in the chat who obviously were going to have played it you know what i mean so it's it's cool to be able to like him um, uh, i have a tablet running like alongside the thing with yeah, a yeah. copy of the stream that's running like five seconds behind so i can always get like a bit of advice of people and it kind of adds to the it adds to the whole thing but yeah you're right like i had i had, to, I had no knowledge of kind of any of those things really so i had to kind of uh I had to learn by yeah. i had to learn kind of by dying really
1: i never uh used the jumping magic until uh last week so i usually no use you don't the, need uh, it the fire magic so i had already sort of committed that stage to muscle memory with regular jumps and double jumps and yeah all yeah it. so that's so I'm, I'm not i'm just not using the magic there either because uh yeah. I already know how to do it without that... Uh, Are you talking about the waterfall
3: speech? stage? Yeah. that, that it's Surely that's impossible without the jump magic. No, 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 no not no, at all. Never never use it. Wow. Never use, use, use jump magic. Either. No. There's, but some of those jumps just seem impossible. The first one where
1: you have to... Where the ledge is coming down and you have no, to jump... Double, no, no. Double you do jump a double jump and then, and then double jump, jump again. But yeah. you kind of need to wait for that first lock to be like yeah. gone off the bottom of the screen for like two seconds... That's and it. then you then you do a double jump, then you do a double jump again. And it's you not a it.
0: leap of faith, but it's a leap of uh, knowledge. Hope. Yeah. 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 yeah basically,
1: uh, knowledge. Yeah. Like timing. Yeah. Man, I never, I never even tried it without
0: it. It's possible to do every stage without magic because there's a bonus for it.
3: Not uh, surely not seven one with the waves. That that pixel yeah. perfect jump.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. I did I'm, that too. I'm not having that. The but is, I do, the magic
1: that I do use in a stage <laughs> is uh, is the shield magic though because I don't want to suffer any knockback from uh, straight yeah. shuriken hitting you, me. You I'm can learn you
0: can learn when those are coming though. Um,
3: yeah. Wow, yeah. honestly, I that you know those two stages I just figured. Where the stages were, well, you just have to use it, or yeah. you, it's impossible. But I, this use, is a I great... use
1: jump magic in the high rise stage because it uh, makes me cut out bits of the level very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the factory stage with the uh, conveyor belts because it basically makes me skip about half the level. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the, um, the
3: skyscraper stage as well, where you have yeah, to wait the way, way one, up yeah. to the top. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I've the f- other one. Th- those levels are really short if you know your way through. I can tell I yeah. have actually played this a lot compared to compared to you guys or just over a long period of time, which is, uh, yeah, not always me. But um, I'm sort of thinking, oh, yeah, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Not in a get good kind of way, just in a, oh, yeah, I really know this game quite well. And, yeah. and actually found going back to it, even after a, a fairly long period of not playing it intensively, Um, that a lot of the stuff about like that skyscraper level just like yeah you hop over that and the laser beams (laughs) won't get you and then you double jump up to the right and but that does bring us on to the elephant in the room which comes up when you talk about this game or when you see discussion about this game which is the double jump and Mm. the execution thereof because the timing is tight on it yeah. it's it's very precise i don't know if it's quite frame perfect but it's certainly within i would say i don't know like a tenth of a second or yeah. quarter of a second something like that and i've found that when i go back to the game after not playing it for a while i'll have lost it but yeah. once i'm back in i can do it fairly flawlessly you that's don't the thing want... right
1: it's almost yeah. never a, it's never a hundred percent flawlessly like you always mess up somewhere yeah, I, I yeah. went from seventy percent nailing it to just about ninety-five percent in the end. Right, uh, and it's funny because there are certain bits where I never seem to mess it up, where it's absolutely crucial, <laughs> and then there's bits where you know just kind of <laughs> I start kind of flailing and uh, missing my double jump timings, and it doesn't have a, have much consequence. Which started to make me wonder if there's is there some assist behind the scenes of so that makes you. Gives you a more forgiving input frame in at the most crucial moments or not? Hmm, I don't think so. Yeah. I think uh, I find, like I find that this... final final hop of the waterfall stage. I never missed a double jump there.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's maybe. Re- it's really <laughs> well, strange. If that is true, they've they've never revealed it, but it it, it seems yeah. unlikely.
4: It I can't think, be. Yeah, uh, I think the,
0: think the 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 inter- the the reason this interests me is because right, yeah, a lot of modern games have double jumps in, and there's a there's a kind of unwritten law about how that feels to execute
2: yeah
0: and obviously not every game is identical but generally modern games will give you a reasonable window you'll do it on a certain art part of the arc of the jump and it won't yeah. be punishing about or some
1: it. something like uh, super Ghouls and ghosts just let you jump double jump at any point in time that's right? true and yeah, there's that but yeah. the,
0: the, i think the point for me is now I, I don't know what the first games with double jump were or are but I don't think it was that common at this stage
1: no for and sure.
0: I don't remember it being that common and I don't think the laws were written about no. how precise you had to be and and, the- and here's the thing mm. like
1: this game like uh Seth was saying earlier like oh yeah you know like indie games uh, these days there's a lot of like tightly controlling like mm. fast-paced uh 2d action games yeah um And I doubt very much that people coming to this game for the very first time in this day and age, and even for me, in 2006, playing it on a virtual console, it was a different gaming landscape at the time already. But if you now look at indie action 2D platformers that Mm -hmm. come out, more often than not, they're inspired by the likes of Mega Man and Ninja Gaiden, uh, which control very differently from this game, Mm -hmm. much uh, faster yeah. Snappier, instantly response. Uh, Joe Musashi in this game feels like he has uh, a bit of a rheum- rheumatic condition going on. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like he's he has some stiff. sort of pretty yeah. stiff, pretty, like arthritis-prone. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he kind of walks at a slower pace, even it's, compared uh, his... to like
0: Mission Impossible on the Commodore sixty four, which was a few years before this. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. he's got less animation and less flow, less fluidity. If so. he if
1: he's up uh, versus uh, Ninja guidance Ryu Hayabusa, he will he will like it.
4: Will All that said, it.
0: though, you can I st- I still think watch a high level play video or or you know play this game to a reasonable standard, and it is still possible to get a tune out of Joe. Right? He still yeah. he can still a, be cool.
1: That's the thing. That's the thing. But I think it's kind of a tough sell if you come to a game now for it for the for the oh, very first time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, it- he. Big and like caveat. you said, the rules weren't written back then yet, no. and every platform here are controlled a little bit different. So you were accepting yeah, yeah. of that. Oh, yeah, this feels different, you know, and it, it doesn't play like the uh, like the other games. Uh, now people expect more of a certain universal standard. I think, and, and funnily enough,
0: one of the, the reasons I don't like Super Metroid nearly as much as a lot of people do is the exact same problem five years later. Yeah. Nintendo basically did the exact same thing with with Samus possibly even more finicky in that game but it's with, certainly... the, with the wall jump yeah and, and and yeah the 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 space jump whichever whichever one it is but yeah, yeah. the the double jump is very uh, you know we talked about it on that show can't even yeah. remember if I was on it but yeah that's but it but it just goes to show that the fact that this was like this in 1989 yeah uh, Nintendo didn't quote solve it 5 years yeah. later even so hmm.
1: Yeah, if you can get around those uh, control hang-ups and sort of the stiffness of the of the game, yeah, uh, of course the whole game is designed around it. You know, it's not like they're placing you with this character in these controls in a Ninja Gaiden game, uh, but um,
0: it still hurts when you miss the double jump over that. Yeah. Pit of waves, yeah, for sure. <laughs> because and he there, still can't swim.
1: <laughs> but there's more of a. I guess Joe Musashi. Joe Musashi in this game is more of a, a methodical kind of character who just slowly makes his way through things, and uh, you know, efficiently and methodically disposes of his enemies. Yeah, and
3: and that's absolutely key, isn't it? What Michael just said there about the design of it is absolutely key. I mean, sometimes I think this game wears its arcade heritage like a like a millstone round its neck mm. um, but but what, one one way in which it's true to its heritage is is the fact that he it, it is methodical and it is strategic just like the original shinobi was it, this game is very learnable you you know you could you can learn where the enemies are and if you just with patience and the same can be said for the boss battles as well if you're just patient I don't think it's actually that difficult, and I think that's all baked into the way he he moves. It's this all is, very slow. And this is the methodical. Ben Cartledge
0: conversation we normally have with the games that he does know. It's like, and and actually, I agree. I completely agree with you. Having done it, yeah, it is. Uh, it it has a couple of spikes that it's easy to mess up on, but overall, yeah. the game. Every time you play it, it's a little bit easier. Like I, yeah. me playing this. I'm not I'm not comparing myself because I'm not to the level of Ben, but it does remind me a bit of watching Ben playing Superghouls and Ghosts in the, that game kicks my ass, but he's just like, I know what's happening here, I know how yeah. to deal with yeah. this. But this game, because I've played it a lot, I have the same that same kind of confidence.
1: Memorization yeah. is huge in this game. And and yeah, yeah. like Chris, you said also, I was surprised uh how much this felt like an arcade game actually. Especially coming off those interviews saying, "Oh, yeah, we wanted to make it more of a console game. It very yeah. much feels like it has at least one and a half foot still in the uh, in the arcades I mean, the uh, other game
0: all the games that were coming out on Mega drive were either conversions or sequels to arcade yeah. games weren't they? yeah at exactly. this point there there were there were no this was as close as there was to a kind of consumer game so I guess they still very much had arcade games in mind because it was stuff like Space Harrier 2 and and uh, Alter Beast and and things like that.
3: Yeah. I think it it suffers slightly from it though as well because I think it, it it's it's kind of betwixt in between being a in inversicomers console game mm. and, and and being tied to it and that's why I said that I think it wears its arcade history around around its neck a little bit because it It's trying to be Shinobi, the arcade game, but it's throwing things in like the double jump as a bit of a concession now and the life bar to some extent um, as a kind of message to saying, look, we know this is an arcade game, but it's not. It's like a console game as well. So how do we get from where we were in 1986, 87 to where we now need to be on this new super duper home system? And sometimes I think the game feels a little bit awkward at times and stuck maybe between that. Mm, and I think yeah. I'm not on the Shinobi Three show, but I think when you get to that, I think I think you you maybe see that the evolution mm. is is kind of complete at that point.
0: More confidently, a home game, yeah. But of course that yeah. that took them that took them two goes, which we'll talk about in the in And, that and show. it's
1: funny also that Shinobi Three you see reflected uh, more again also than in. Modern indie 2D games, for example, or, or yeah. Hagane as well. You know, the, they're, yeah, yeah. St- they're still large characters, but they're flexible in their moves. Yeah. And they have a lot of moves and you can easily reposition yourself uh, in, in, the, in the environment.
0: We haven't covered it yet, um, but for uh, people who in- enjoy the idea of being a really cool, maneuverable, badass ninja, I recommend playing Katana Zero. On uh, on current gen or last gen mm. systems, uh, which which is you know, it, it gives you the the kind of how you want Shinobi to make you feel. It's still really tough and challenging, and it's got some really you know demanding rooms in it. But in terms of the actual direct control of the character, uh, it's uh, it, it's way more immediate and and accessible, I would say. Um, and actually, talking about the input for the double jump um again like ben watching ben like learning the game for the first time with without a manual and not having played it before perfect illustration you actually say on the video like have we got a double jump no because you obviously tried it <laughs> and it didn't work because yeah. the execution window is so small so you just completely understandably assumed that there was no double jump right
2: yeah exactly like uh, it's not uh, i don't know how Super common it was at that point, you know what I mean. Like, nah, um, not very. It felt like the kind of game that should have had one. you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. And that's logically why kind of there is one. But, uh, but yeah, I think like I said, like um, I I kind of m- moved it around a little bit and tried a couple of jumps, and then people in the chat were like, "There is a double jump," and I was <laughs> like, "Yeah." This- well this would make sense because without a double jump he moves like a (laughs) lot of reaver you know what i mean like um so like it does make sense and that adds a massive amount of kind of that takes a lot of the i don't know kind of the the burden of like how you control in a lot of respects Mm -hmm. i think you know i think like if you do uh find him kind of a bit kind of sluggish in certain respects i think the ability to do that like mm-hmm. uh, when you watch like speedruns, for example it's full of double jumps you might yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. i mean it's like it's a great thing to kind of to kind of saw like that and i think it works as a a nice counterpoint to uh the way that you kind of uh the way that you kind of just move i suppose as, a, as, a, as yeah. a general kind of as a general kind of thing so yeah like i say i had yeah with with all this stuff i mean like i say i had no yeah i had no idea at all and then uh yeah. people kept saying that there was one and i was like oh there must be one
0: so, yeah, Norioshi Oba in that interview from 2003 says that jump in the steel beam section of the Chinatown stage is really hard to make. That part is supposed to be training for the wharf in stage seven. People <laughs> often complain to me, hey, Joe Musashi is a ninja. Shouldn't he be able to swim? That was a tradition we carried over from the first arcade shinobi, though, that falling in the water kills you. I really like games with pitfall deaths, though. I love the tension they impart and how sometimes the section won't even be that hard, but you get nervous and fall to your death. In those times, I always feel, wow, I suck. But then you conquer that part, you feel like you've become stronger, and it's all good again. Sounds like Ben speaking. <laughs>
2: yeah, you need a bit of that with this, don't you?
1: Yeah. Like the bridge jump in Golden Axe.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's like anything, I suppose. You do those, those kind of things enough times, you don't even think about doing them, you know? Yeah. Like it's, I guess it's like, yeah, it, it is kind of like anything else. Like, um, especially with stuff of this era, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's also, I don't know, so rudimentary, kind of rudimentarily solvable. Ruthless. Yeah, yeah <laughs> really. But I mean, like, you can. It's like anything. Like with with, <laughs> with with games from this era, like the the mechanics that you've usually got to master are, by the very nature, very simple. But if you don't know them, you're gonna die every time, right? Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Once want it's like with a lot of these things, and especially in this. Like there's loads of bits where you die, and you're like, "That's quite uh, funny, to be honest." Like, it's yeah. a hilarious way that I could only could have. I'm I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna like not know to not do this by dying on this. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think like it's funny because I think a lot of games, like um, uh, *Ghouls and Ghosts*, a great example, mm-hmm. gets kind of hammered for stuff like that, um, and gets hammered for kind of bits where, and maybe you, you you're the fact that you can't change where you jump after you jump, you know what I mean? Or maybe there's kind of other elements to it. But I think and Ghosts and the games of that series get hammered for, like, bits that are really, really kind of unfair and uh, in terms of, like, you've got to... Yeah, you're only going to know them by dying to them. Whereas I think there's a lot in this, to be honest. Like, I think you have to be prepared to um, kind of methodically make your way through this, learning kind of certain bits uh, at every at every point, you know.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think uh, probably if maybe if if uh, M two had done a Sega Ages version of this for Switch, maybe if they'd done one of their special modes, what they'd have done is probably in the same way that some of the the games have a uh, some modern re releases of games have a no knockback option on thing, you know, <laughs> Castlevania and stuff like that. Obviously, this has got that. Maybe they'd have had that, or maybe they'd have had a an option to when you fall into a pit instead of having to you know you have all control taken away from you and you get a you lose a life and you're back to the start of a stage maybe they'd have had a an option where it takes a bit of health away from you in the style of a modern game or something like that just to make it a bit less kind of i'm turning it off now yeah. um <laughs> that's to do with what what uh what players expect from their games these days and um but i yeah i, I again being old i can make my peace with with this kind of design, and because as uh, As Ben has sort of often said about these kinds of games, they're never really that long, and so sometimes it feels like to me and I certainly yeah get frustrated with repeating sections over and over again, but actually when you when you know the levels of this game, they really are quite brief, and so being set back often really isn't very much time, even if it feels like an eternity as you try to pick your way up for uh, certain platform sections
3: don't you think it cheapens it a little bit though i mean i I hear what Obersan is is saying there and and I get it but I I would have preferred this is you know this is I would have preferred I'm entitled no not at all I I do understand <laughs> what he's saying but I, my favorite levels in this game are the ones where you do like like Michiel's just said with you know the one in the barracks where you have to pick your way through it it almost becomes like a puzzle at that point you know yeah, you have to right the, the bridge is my favorite level and it's one of the hardest but you have to really work it out okay so if I double jump there and then I avoid the car and you know, It's all very me- you, you can memorize it, but it feels like you're solving a, pu- a puzzle. That's the I'm only game.
1: stage, also, where you can, where the double jump can actually kill you. Yeah, yes, yes. accidentally double jump yeah. and then forget which, jump which, to the foreground where there's no, forget which side you step on.
0: Yeah, Off yeah.
3: you pop into the uh, yeah, into the yeah. deep blue, of course.
0: Well, there's um, no but, actual but, visual indication unless you're behind a chicken wire fence what plane you're on because nothing changes size. This is uh, yeah. you know, obviously that would have you know something that could be done, and we we had we ended up having '90s arcade games with uh, like SNK games with characters zooming in and out and and stuff like that, sprite scaling or whatever. But but here it's it was just like it's a cool idea. Ober uh, himself said, while all 2D games use the dimensions of width and height, this I wanted to, with this I wanted to add the third dimension, depth. I don't think any game had used such a play mechanic before. Now, I don't I can't can't no. corroborate that, but um but yeah it, i i really actually like the way it plays out on those stages even though mm. yes that i think there's probably a lack of information to the player sometimes as to where where you're actually supposed to be even if he just darkened or something mm. so you could tell he was in the background but i'd probably still jump into the foreground and into the hole
4: yeah
1: and then if you pause and select a different kind of magic uh he actually phases through the fence even if you are standing in the yeah. background for Whoa. example which confuses things even further
2: Quite layer
3: <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you. I find on that barracks level that I would just spam the double jump and the multi shuriken attack, or the multi, uh, the multi. What do you call them, Leon? They're not shurikens, are they? The multi, kunai, kunai. the multi yeah. kunai attack, and uh, you know you'd end up just fudging through that level with the with the protection magic. But but it 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 feels so well implemented on that bridge level, the whole kind of double plane thing. Mm. Uh, it's a shame that we didn't see more levels like that, rather than the slightly cheap. You know, you have to nail this pixel perfect jump to continue.
0: Mm. Oh, by the way, I think I know the answer, really. But has anyone got a headcanon reason why all the enemies explode?
1: (laughs) Uh, Maybe uh, Neo Zeed has wired them with explosives because he doesn't tolerate failure.
0: Okay, that'll do. Yeah, Either just coming f- coming up with that on the spot. The magic—they're all cyborgs. The magic is somehow infused in the in the kunai. It just yeah. because in the in the previous games the enemies kind of slump and then disappear, you yeah. know, for for reasons of uh, you know not being able to have that many sprites on screen, or whatever. But in this game, rather than slumping and disappearing, they actually go—they do this kind of cool stagger and then pop, boom. Yeah. It's uh, almost like uh, as if this
1: was uh, submitted to the uh, German uh, yeah. Board of Approval. Like, oh no, they're actually all robots, you know. <laughs> These are not people. <laughs>
0: yeah. See, a magic plays a crucial part, or ninjutsu. If the shuriken weren't enough, or kunai, players can try lightning or fire magic. Finally, as a last desperate measure, there's the mijin, mijin ninjutsu. That was the order I had in mind when I balanced the game. Mijin or my is from an earlier game I was designing that got cancelled. In that game, there was an item called One Down Continue. With this item, in exchange for sacrificing one of your lives, you'd be allowed to continue from the spot you used it. I thought it was an interesting idea, so I brought it back for Super Shinobi.
1: I thought when I just read about that magic before having tried it out, that it Mm. was a terrible idea. Like, why would you ever sacrifice a life if there's a chance you can fight back? And then I found some situations where you definitely want to use it if you're almost dead, because it gives you a full health bar yeah. again, rather than yeah. having to redo the whole boss fight over and full again, magic. for example, and full magic, which you mm. can use again. So it's, uh, mm. it's pretty
0: strong if you have life to spare. Very much so. And yes. I
1: ne- so I never
3: used it, but I was right. watching a playthrough mm. of a high level playthrough, and this guy used it all the time yeah. in
0: exactly that, yeah. that instance. And yeah. Yeah, it seems very useful. Yeah, uh, I once used it, and it was my last life.
1: In my uh, <laughs> in my 1cc today, I uh, used it on Spider-Man and on Godzilla, only yeah. once, though. Like, the day before, yesterday, I used basically three, I had like a whole bunch of lives, I gathered extra lives along the way as well, and I basically used three uh, suicide magics to, to kill him. But uh, this time I use only one and then I just finish them off with the rest of my attacks.
0: I very much approve of your use of the art of pulverizing against Spider-Man. However, Godzilla, once you know, it's yeah. actually not that bad. It's just it's hop, not up that and, bad, yeah. hop up and but down. Yeah.
1: Problem was I didn't know. And I was yeah, getting that, creamed, creamed all the time. And yeah. then I had to be sent back all the way to the beginning of the game, which I'd completely gave me a lot of anxiety.
0: Yes, I'd completely forgotten how to do it, of course. Um, because the first time I did it, I think when I completed the game back in the 90s, I spammed Somersault Infinite Shuriken Attack. Mm. So I probably never actually learned how to do it. But actually, it is one of those where, yeah, up, down, up, down. Yeah. Through the platform. Yeah, most of the bosses are designed in such a way as they are, with a pattern and knowledge rather than with intense execution. But yeah, we should... uh, Well, Blue Weasel Breath from our Patreon talking about Boss 1. I tried this via emulation a few years back and had a good enough time with the first level until I got to the boss and couldn't figure, figure out where his tiny hitbox was. I could tell it was near the top, but for some reason, I didn't feel like the game was giving me enough feedback to tell a hit from a whiff. I couldn't tell if I was on the right track or not with where I was targeting. He creamed me, and I'm afraid I never went back to try a second time. Maybe this is the year I give it another go.
1: Yeah, I watched uh, Ben's stream back, of course. and there He were picked it up so quick. That... Yeah, and there were people in the chat saying, oh, I never got, beyond the... I yeah. never got further than the first boss.
0: I mean, it does show yeah. when you hit him, you get a little red spark and he goes backwards, which is yeah. important. But actually, I played this this afternoon um, just to have one last go before. And yeah, I died twice on him. Just because I was being, I just wasn't executing that well, and mm. that's kind of crazy at this point. You yeah, know, yeah, when, yeah. I've, when I've beaten the game, he is again another. It's a kind of precision skill check, but I do, I agree. That hitbox is is fiddly, small. Like yeah, why, if you have to, to,
1: if you have to bait him to attack you with the sword, jump back and then jump up and hit him precisely in the head, it's too much of a, of yeah. a nuisance. So I basically just. Jump, double jump forward. Uh, he he strikes out. I throw my uh, shuriken spread and and then you know maneuver back again. You got and plenty then I,
0: shuriken at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got plenty of shuriken and and then I finish or him kunai. off with the uh, with the fire magic. Oh, uh, okay. Usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. and because magic gets replenished in the next stage anyway. Or it happened a few times that I didn't have kunai anymore, so I double jumped over him. Sort of got knocked back because you can't make the full double jump over him. And then started, uh, yeah, basically uh, sweeping him uh, up close range and then he dies Mm. pretty quickly as well. Which is also, this is also a very esoteric thing about the game. Like I noticed it looked like to me that if you hit, let's say, enemies that take multiple hits and definitely bosses Mm. with a kunai, they kind of flash. And then, you know, and then if you throw more kunai, they bounce off them. And mm-hmm. you have to wait till the flashing stops to hit them again. Mm-hmm. But if you get up close, yeah. you can wreck them pretty pretty fast. Mm. Especially if you have the power up, you carve up bosses very fast with it. Like, for example, the Terminator guy. You can just walk up to him when he has a an object above his head and you can slice into pieces with, uh, with mm. the sword. Yeah. I
0: always do the tiptoeing away and jumping over yeah. the car and go for yeah. the... His, his hitbox is slightly larger, I think, than the than the first boss i was actually if you, impressed.
1: Have, if you have the power up and mm. uh you know you just use shield magic for extra protection you can just walk mm. up to him and, and oh okay. got him yeah. got him yeah. to pieces yeah. i
0: was i was actually impressed by again I, I don't know if there was some hints and tips coming on the chat ben but i was impressed by how quickly you sussed this boss out i think you did it second attempt
2: maybe yeah, yeah it kind of reminded me of um uh what's the other boss the, the lobster boss right on the the original Shinobi. Mm. It's kind of a similar thing, you know? Yeah. Like, you've got, like, an obvious yeah. kind of weak yeah, yeah, point that you've yeah, got yeah. to kind of manipulate by a certain amount of jumping or a certain amount of... This guy them. doesn't
0: throw a homing fireball at you, which is a, a bonus. Uh, yeah. But his, the hitbox of his sword swiping at you seems as generous as towards him in his benefit, in his favour, than the one is on his head feels tight in our favour, if you see what
2: I mean. like he, Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I didn't, like I say, I, I uh, yeah, like I say, I think I did it. Yeah, I died the first time, and then I had a couple more, and then I had one more, and I managed to get kind of mad around it. But like, uh, I, that's, like I said know. before, there with a lot of bus, bosses in that era. Like it's, it's a, it's generally a fairly, if you can like precisely master something fairly fundamental, like um, like it isn't super complicated what it's asking you to do, but it's asking you to do it repeatedly and really precisely, and you know? Exactly. Yeah. So if you can like you don't have to be able to remember you just got to be able to execute you know yeah
0: and it is it's pretty tight on some of that stuff and then it's just kind of a learning lesson almost for the what you have to do for the final boss as well uh, it was also interesting that you used the uh the, the uh art of the fire dragon curry magic and um and and you you say to the stream oh that didn't do anything but of course it did it hit him three or four times but what you wouldn't notice of course necessarily is that obviously just like in real life, every time you hit somebody in the head with a throwing knife, they go a little bit more pink.
2: <laughs> Clearly, yeah. I mean, I can't believe I uh, being being quite uh, au fait with with yeah. uh, do you know what I mean, knife based assaults. Yeah, it's a wonder that I didn't, uh, I didn't <laughs> no. pick that one up. Really, but <laughs> yeah. We kind of you didn't, uh, didn't reach we, we live and learn, I guess. <laughs>
3: Uh, I still think it's the trickiest boss in the game, though, apart from the final boss. Yeah, yeah. It, It's it's the one that when I go through it, it's the one where I feel like it, it. I've got the on all of all the bosses, I've got the most potential to lose a couple of lives. And until you get into that little knack of a rhythm of yep. jumping away, doing the smallest jump possible. Yes, that's it. And then just throwing that, that kunai just at the right time, like it, it can kill you pretty quickly. I
1: think that must this be this ninja can be pretty in.
0: tricky as well. Disco Ninja, stage 2 Three boss, is that one? Shadow Dancer. Shadow yeah. Dancer, yeah. Noriyoshi Oba says, can be beaten very easily using Karyu, as this technique inflicts damage eight times. Alternatively, oh. the player can also use Maijin, which again causes eight damage hits at the cost of a life. Well, I used neither and did it properly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean,
1: good. even if you use uh, Karyu, it's... Uh... It doesn't take him out in, no. uh, in one hit. Uh, no,
0: the, the trick is just to be just to the side of him and underneath. So his diagonal. He, he th- yeah, he throws Shuriken. Actually, maybe that's the one that's changed in the Western ROM, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'd need to double check. And he uh,
1: even if you stand up close to him, he's still, you know, if you don't have the power up, he can still strike you with uh, Shuriken as well. Mm-hmm. And then in his final, so when he has one or two shadows left, he starts throwing a whole spread, which is where I try to back up and create distance, and then do my own double jump shuriken spread, which beats out his uh, shenanigans.
3: You got to you got to get behind him. So when he jumps in the air to do his shuriken spread, if you quickly just nip underneath before he has a chance to fire it off, yeah, then he lands in front of you with his back to you, and you can just spam the uh, attack button, and he goes down pretty quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, yeah, uh, also, fair play, viable, yeah, fair play to them for trying, but. Uh, that's very much a first attempt at doing a disco inside your Mega Drive kind of look. Yeah, <laughs> you think about some of the the attempts that came later in, in States of Rage. Yeah, exactly. Three. Does so it come with yeah. an epilepsy warning? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty full on. Uh, it's, yeah, it's like a nightmare in a um it's children's a, play center or something.
1: Yuzo mm-hmm. Koshiro's involvement once again. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, stage seven three's boss. ancient dinosaur in inverted commas can be beaten using three hits of myjin but if playing a higher difficulty you need eight no matter how hard it is to beat the ancient dinosaur can be easily defeated if you have four lives left at that stage Mm -hmm. it's difficult to complete stage seven too, but it's made easier if you use ikazuchi which is the uh the art of thunder good to know thanks but yeah i mean it is all like the Thinking back to the previous games, the magics were basically just kind of smart bombish, weren't they? There, there was a bit more. Yeah. Th- this is an area where I think the, the thought of this being a home game came into it with some strategy and knowledge yeah. coming into play.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, like I I only ever used I- Ikazuchi and Fushin, the, the jump one. So the Ikazuchi is the uh,
0: mm. protection one. Mm-hmm.
3: I never used the attack magic at all.
4: Hmm.
0: It's pretty cool it's like it's yeah, quite it's quite like gold, it. golden axey. Mm. uh and the final boss, so uh there was a planned secret final, final boss that was cut due to memory and development time constraints, so what we're left with is uh the fella dressed up like a kabuki with mad, dangerous hair, a very what? silly, silly individual. A very silly individual, I would have yeah. called him that. But he is crushing uh, your missus w- behind you. Um. So which is just outrageous. It is outrageous, <laughs> as as previously established. Uh, yeah. So there's two slots on the walls, left and right of the screen, which you can slow down the descent of the crushing ceiling with. Uh, but really, the the main thing here is, it's a, it, as I say, it's a, it's a bit of a kind of repeat of the first boss in the sense that it's uh, a repeating a pattern of of uh, with a with a tight execution window within not which knots to be hit, and I think you have to hit him even more times. So it's pretty stressful, I I, I think. Um, and yeah, it's extremely. I don't I don't think there's any way of predicting whether his mad hair attack is going to go yeah. fast or slow or high or low or, yeah. or
1: high or low. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I mean, double jumping away seems to be. Yeah. The way to get damage the least, but he can just throw it out very quickly and follow you in the air with his with his hair as well. And yeah, it's very it's, I couldn't figure out any kind of prediction to it, no. No. So my my thing was um I discovered that right before the boss room there's a power up icon. And I yeah. saw somebody absolutely rinse him just by using shield magic, going up to him and cutting him to pieces as well. Uh, With the sword, Um, but you can't attack him
3: when his hair
1: is attached to his. (laughs) This sounds very (laughs) weird.
3: You can't attack him when his hair is attached to his head, can you?
1: Wait, you just you duck, and when he whips his hair out, you start cutting like crazy, slash away. Yeah, 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 and you do continuous damage rather than just doing single isolated hits. Um, Mm. So that was my plan. But then I thought, like, oh, I have actually like just a few dots of health left. Mm. I better just when he throws his hair out, do a suicide. Yeah. Uh, yeah magic first, and then finish him off activating shield magic, but the suicide also deleted my power up state, so then oh, I was oh. back to slowly Coolest. chipping away chipping away at him, so that mm. was a bad bad idea of, probably hmm. probably just should have stuck to my guns there <laughs> guns would have would have been helpful and, and then but my not fiance very, very my fiance would have no exactly, but then my fiance would have still be alive right now yeah we'd be having a different conversation
0: well the only thing that i did find was that actually to it the the best pattern i did which which was still I'd, i've never done it clean like no hits but it is to double jump away and up because then that also yeah. means that you get a shot at the machinery yeah. and that and your your best chance of dodging the hair and then you can crawl back into him and do another hit but yeah you have to do it i don't know is it like 8, 10, 12 times, something like that. I th- I, yeah, yeah, I
3: tried to count. I got to about ten, I think.
0: Yeah, he's mean. Uh, I mean, you know, he's a final boss of a nineteen eighty nine Mega Drive game, so you'd kind of expect it. He's a mean, it, but...
1: lean Kabuki machine. <laughs> he sure is. <isn't>.
0: Um... <laughs> I wish he was a bit more readable, though. You know, yeah,
1: like I wish because
3: felt... when when I did it, and I, you know, I managed to, I I did it a couple of times to get both endings, and I had to, yeah, I just felt when I did do it. I felt like it was just because the mm. RNG gods were yeah. saying that he was using his attack that I could dodge. And right. if he did the other attack that I couldn't dodge enough times, I'd die. If he did the do- the attack I could dodge, I'd kill him. Yeah. And I felt a bit like, oh, okay, that's that doesn't feel very satisfying to yeah. kill him
0: like that. I agree. So uh, there is a point, and I actually, I, I don't know if I knew this back in the day. I don't think I did. Um, But there is a point in the game i don't know if there, there's quite a lot of hidden boxes all around the game with items in which you reveal by shooting or attacking areas of the level that you might not otherwise and there's a really easy to find two up at the start of one of the levels i've forgotten actually which one it is the first factory level um yeah, basically-
1: i read that back in the chat when you mentioned but i couldn't uh Quickly or easily find it. So yeah, I just left it at that. I just uh, without the. Yeah, uh, I mean you don't need it, but obviously yeah. again,
0: if you want the crutch of spare lives without playing it on easy, it's one. It's another way to to do it. But yeah, you can double jump into this pit. Uh, just do a do a multi kunai attack on the double jump, and then just drop from the right down into the pit, and you gain plus one lives. And um although the counter stops at nine, it goes up. I don't know to how many. Um you can do it until you're bored or until you think you've got enough, if you want. Um, I mean, it's there in the game. It's not even a cheat, but it's kind of at an exploit, I suppose you could call it. There's no way. That, I mean, it's deliberately there for this reason, because you cannot collect it without dying. Yeah. So it's an odd one, but, um, but it's there if you know where to look. But you have to have, you know, gotten reasonably decent at the game to have got that far anyway, by which point maybe you don't need it, so... But yeah, if, you just, if you're looking to practice and you don't have save states, it's a way of softening things a little.
3: How many Mega Drives do you think were burnt out by kids leaving their systems on, having got 60 lives yeah. in that exact way,
0: <laughs> and then not wanting to switch off until they finished? Yeah, right. <laughs> Two weeks on end. Yeah, I'm sure I remember leaving my Mega Drive on overnight sometimes. For oh, I games without did things like Games that. without battery backup or anything, yeah. <sighs> Good times when electricity mm. was affordable. Oh yeah, or when you went, or when we weren't paying for it, at least. Oh yeah, there is that. <laughs> uh, so yes, you get a credit roll if you uh, get the bad ending. Oddly, in the Japanese version, you get a credit roll on the over the good ending. Um, but they took that out for some reason. So if you get the good ending on non-Japanese versions of the game, you don't get the credits, which is odd, but that's mm. what they did. Now, this stuff I'd totally forgotten about. Secret bonuses. If you want to play this game for points, and I guess people out there do, I don't know what the score counter max maxes out as, but uh, you can go for a secret bonus. On every level, it's awarded when you kill the boss and have remaining exactly 11 times the amount of shurikens as lives. 11 times exactly, no more, no less, even after killing the boss. Waste one shuriken, no bonus. So if you finish a level with zero lives and zero shuriken spare, keep saying shuriken because that's what it's written as. They're clearly kunai. (laughs) 10,000 points. One one life and 11, 30,000 points. Two lives and 22, 10,000. Three lives and 33, 30,000. Four lives back to 10,000. Five lives, 30,000. Six lives, 10,000. But if you finish any stage with seven lives and 77 kunai, you get a 50,000 point bonus. So that if you are an expert player, you have to do that perfectly every time
3: it's better than nonsense
0: and it's better than having eight or nine lives in 98 or 99 kunai guess, guess it's just lucky uh, there's a clear bonus and i haven't been able to find exactly what determines this uh, somebody says uh from YouTube, Chi String XX says, I think this is just a general performance bonus. Not sure if it's boss or level related, seeing as I kill myself lots of times and it doesn't affect my bonus. Or maybe it's finishing a level with max energy and number of lives determined. The perfect bonus is for having the full energy bar after killing the boss. And the technical bonus is for having ninjutsu left after each level. See, I thought the technical
3: bonus until until I... Read the show notes. I thought the technical bonus
0: was for being stylish, yeah. so I thought the game was observing how yeah.
3: stylishly I was playing
0: and giving Artistic me a bonus. Merit. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. uh, what's the Alien Storm uh, gives? Yeah, you... that does that. Yeah, <laughs> kind style <of>. bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Noriyoshi Oba was asked in 2003. By the way, this game is called Shinobi, but the hero never does anything stealthy. Why is that? And Obra-san replied, hmm, it's probably because we wanted to show how cool and badass ninjas are. They can jump higher than normal people. They're physically stronger. We wanted to show them off, I guess. Or it was 1989. Yeah, exactly. Uh, If you want to play that kind of game, I guess Mark of the Ninja. It's probably a good modern option, which we covered some years ago. So one other big topic to cover about The Revenge of Shinobi is probably the thing that it's most famous for now, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Copyright capers, ROM variations and re-releases. Some of the game's enemies are notably too similar to various characters from film and comic books, a fact that Oba attributes to his own lack of creativity. He made rough sketches of these characters based on what he had in mind at the time, expecting that the character designers would modify them and add their own creative touches for the final game. However, they Did not <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I want this enemy to look,
1: uh, I want this enemy to be a bit like Rambo. And okay. then the uh, character designer just
0: went <laughs> out and made Rambo, yeah, and Godzilla, <laughs> and Batman, and Spider Man, and
4: the yeah, Terminator, him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here he is, something
1: like something like Batman would be cool, <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's Batman, <laughs> they maybe How they were... about the Terminator go on then.
4: <laughs> they
3: were scared, they
0: were scared of him, maybe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, it did come back to bite them because they've had to change it but actually it was fairly commonplace for ip things like this to just kind of go unremarked upon or unnoticed wasn't it
1: like uh, konami's jailbreak that had uh bare-chested uh batman hiding out in barrels or something like that oh really (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah, Ober recalls, I made some rough sketches of characters from my mind (laughs) and from some photos (laughs) due to my lack of drawing ability. They were meant to be used as a rough example. Unfortunately, the designer of the sprites reproduced my drawings a bit too faithfully. And you know the end result. I personally think that if the designer had tried to show more of (laughs) of his own personality in those (laughs) characters, they would have looked a lot different to the originals. Those bosses were created by taking each one's weak point and how to kill them into consideration. We created each of them considering what you specifically need to do to kill them, what movement you need to use to avoid the boss's attack, and then arrange them in order of difficulty. I like the fact that he threw the artists under the bus. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. They so,
1: never worked again. <laughs> so in my version, uh, Batman is replaced by Devilman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a, a, too, yeah, A demon that looks like, uh, like the uh, anime character Devilman. Yeah. Uh, and it feels like you're playing Castlevania all of a sudden, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
0: Yes, uh, replaced by a winged demon, it says in later versions of the game. In earlier versions, round seven's boss was Godzilla, but he was eventually replaced by a skinless dinosaur. One of the other bosses is reminiscent of the Hulk, although really that's the Terminator just going it, green. It's like they rip, they managed to rip off two
3: IPs yeah. in one with that one, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh Spider-Man is also present as a boss. Both Batman and Spider-Man were deleted from various versions of the cartridge, released as the classic edition on the version found in the Sega on the Sega CD. Instead of Spider-Man and Batman, you fight a character that turns into a werebat.
4: Huh.
1: Yeah, yeah weirdly enough, bizarrely, uh, in the original version, Spider-Man actually morphs into Batman. Yeah. Which And, uh, and then, they're not
0: even the same company. I mean, that's just outrageous. Yeah. Marvel-DC crossover. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Ambitious crossovers. And
1: uh, so the version I have has the Marvel copyright of Spider-Man in there. And the character yes. actually looks more like Spider-Man. Yep. And then when you defeat him, he sort of uh, you know, sulkily uh, scuttles off. Yeah. Uh, so... yes
0: they weren't allowed to kill him yeah yeah that was software revision 1.02 in 1990 a new copyright screen is made to acknowledge the license to spider-man because sega already had the license to the character for their game the amazing spider-man versus the kingpin um yeah early the first version 1.0 has a enemy character resembling rambo called rocky jackie chan the terminator called Hercules in Japan and Master <laughs> Attacker in the West, Spider-Man, Batman, Godzilla, called Monster G. Um, both Spider-Man and Batman are actually fake representations of the characters conducted by a shapeshifter named Metamorpha, who alters his appearance after sustaining a certain amount of damage. Additionally, Joe Musashi's face in the title sequence resembled that of actor Sonny Chiba dressed as his character, Hatsuri Hanzo, from the Japanese TV show Shadow Warriors Kage no Gundam. And so it went on, there were versions 1.01, versions 1.03, all the way up to 1.04, which is the 2009-2012 version for Wii and uh, Xbox and PlayStation 3. Since the licensed use of the Boss Spider Man was for a limited period of time, the game was subsequently prevented from being re-released years later. Which is why Revenge of Shinobi didn't appear on any of those compilations that came out mm. for years and years and years on right. the PSP. I Mega figured Drag. they were on there. Yeah. yeah, no, they're not. No, it, it that's why. Still, you are more likely to see Shinobi three than uh, than than Revenge of Shinobi. Uh, so, yeah, they, they basically they made a new ROM version 1.04 that omits the Marvel copyright notice, replaces Spider-Man with a pink palette swap and uh, still behaves the same, though, with the webs and all that kind of thing. And the Sunny Chiba likeness is tweaked as well. I'm
3: really intrigued by that. I must go and look up the uh, the title screen of the latest revision because I
1: can't imagine the game without it's very with, close. With a, it,
0: it, yeah, okay. It's, it's only a few pixels, I think, just to...
1: No, it, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely different because they use uh, a, another person's likeness for it and it was one of M2's people, actually. Oh, okay.
3: so
0: They made a digitised photo of his face. I mean, it's still only his eyes there. you can really see, I suppose. That's what I mean. He's yeah.
3: got a mask on, so how much can they... But it's how much uh, could he look like Sonny Chiba in the first place?
1: Well, <laughs> you know he has less uh, pronounced brows, less angry eyes, for example, and just <laughs> like it's po- some it's casual guy with a. It's just a casual guy with uh, with with a ninja mask on. Yeah, because it's the pose that looks like the opening
3: credits to uh, what what that that um Car No Gundam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than the actual yeah. face, I
0: thought we didn't talk about the intro. That's pretty awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. You know, yeah. it was obviously it's basic by modern standards but for the time games didn't often do stuff like that in that really cinematic like way that the track modes that really dragged you in it was something you saw at the arcades but home home yeah. games often skipped it altogether or didn't have anything quite that cool
1: yeah that's why I, i'm fairly convinced i saw it in running on a demo stand in yeah the, in a toy store an electronics store or something like that because
0: not too much to say about re-releases. It was released at the arcades, but only on the Megatech, Mega Drive-based thing, which was a uh, money-for-time money kind of deal. So you wouldn't, have, yeah. you wouldn't have got further than the waterfall anyway, probably. <laughs> the exact same <laughs> graphics and sounds and all that. Uh, as I say, it was re-released on the Mega Games 2 compilation, along with Golden Axe and Streets of Rage. One curio is the 1999 PC release the Smash Pack, for some reason the included version is actually a Japanese prototype and bears its Japanese title the Super Shinobi. The prototype has some cheat enabled by default, it's missing bosses, it has less music tracks and various other differences. That was officially released.
1: Yeah. Dope. I remember seeing something about this, uh, that it was uh, officially released uh, by Sega USA uh, yeah. or just, just put out without actually having squared it or having checked it with the uh, Sega <laughs> in Japan.
0: Good job, everybody. Let's the in- just push it out there. The internal ROM date on that version says March 89, and the product number is filled with zeros. In the notes section of the ROM header, there's the string A0115 Sega channel, whereas all other releases have that area filled with ASCII space characters. The header is also only marked as being a Japanese release, while other versions are marked as Japanese, US, and European. What a mess-ups. Uh, two thousand and one. There was a Dreamcast emulated version on the Sega Smash Pack Volume One. Don't play this version. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? Has have, ever, ever any of you ever heard this version or seen this version?
1: I've uh, listened to it in videos, and uh, I don't know. It sounds like they used uh, the sound chip of a Master System or something to in- recreate it.
0: Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, notoriously, I'm the 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 Sega emulated stuff on for the Mega Drive on the Dreamcast was a disaster. So yeah, not a good way to play it. The Wii virtual console would have been a fine way to play it came out, um, whatever year that was 2009. Yeah. Um, but can't anymore. Windows PC arrived on steam. You can still buy it 2012. Uh, it's since been also made available for Linux and Mac. If that's your OS, there's an Android and iOS version, I think it's called like Revenge of Shinobi Classic. Is that right, Chris?
3: And it's it's really playable. Yeah, is it yeah, on screen Revenge- touchy
0: controls? Kind
3: of yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I I I've got like one of those uh, little Bluetooth things that attach to a the doobery. phone. You know, like a little control, little controller. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, there's always a bit of input lag I find mm-hmm. on these things. So, but other than that, it's actually which uh, but I tell you what is very difficult to pull off is the double jump because the oh, input yeah. lag makes it almost ah, impossible to ah, pull it off. But I, I, cause I said it was quite playable, didn't I? It's quite playable until you need to use the double jump okay. and then it's unplayable.
0: So you won't get past the waterfall. No,
3: yeah. but other than that, <laughs> other than it being unplayable yeah. beyond level two, one, it's uh, perfectly,
1: <laughs> perfectly fine. Perfectly fine.
0: So perfectly. I talked about the Xbox version, which as I say, is still available and you can play on subsequent generations of Xbox. And I, that's my recommendation is that you play Alex kid and co version. Uh, best of all, possible options. But there was also a a standalone PS3, PSN version around the same time, uh, which has its own set of trophies. So actually that, you know, that could be a fun version to play as well. I assume M2 curated that one as they did with the XBLA collections. I don't know why PSN got standalones and XBLA got collections. Mystery lost to time. In 2019, in Japan, the Mega Drive Mini included Revenge of Shinobi or Secret uh, Secret Shinobi, Super Shinobi even, whatever it's called. (laughs) What what are we talking about? And (laughs) then, as I say, that uh, limited release, but beautiful little mini, Mega Drive Mini 2, curated and emulated by the wonderful M2, has Revenge of Shinobi on it. Or Super Shinobi. Mr Ixalite from our forum says, booting this up immediately after Shadow Dancer, I immediately, I initially felt like a lot of my gripes with that game had been addressed. Level designs were more elaborate. There were more of them and crucially, Joe Musashi could now take more than one hit before crumpling like a piece of paper. You could even recover your hit points. And so I played through the early stages of the game with way fewer assists than before. Yet as I progressed through the stages, frustration set in again in new ways. I would often find myself running out of shuriken, especially during boss battles, leaving me almost entirely ineffectual. The more elaborate stages would increasingly rely on a fiddly double jump that I could maybe generously execute one out of four times, but the real kicker was the enemy placement, which progressed from tricky to infuriating. I would constantly take damage from shots fired off screen or be knocked backwards into instant death by an enemy who suddenly materialised at the other side of the pit I was trying to jump Some of these enemies were so clearly placed just to troll the player that I couldn't help but laugh. But it became a bitter laugh. And by the highway stage where I had to juggle soldiers, moving cars, ninja nuns and changing from the background to the foreground with the fiddly double jump, I was rewinding as much as I ever did in Shadow Dancer. With trial and error I repeated and repeated playthroughs, everything in this game can of course almost certainly be learned. I just wasn't having enough fun to ever consider such a time commitment. After bumbling around in the final level labyrinth for a while, I decided to put the game down. Still, the gameplay steps was taken here were taken. Still, the gameplay steps taken here were enough to convince me to stick with the series for Shinobi 3, as well as the fact that the game still certainly had personality. Even in the slightly altered version I played, there's just something fun about fighting what are clearly discount versions of Spider-Man and the Terminator. Yes, I was going to come back to that maze level. It was a bit of a... It wasn't a standard, a staple exactly, but it was something that was quite commonly in these types of games at this point. Not unusual, right? Not Even a- Super Mario Brothers in uh,
1: 1996 right. uh, had uh, some yeah, Labyrinth castles, and especially the last one. Yeah, but at least it gave you an audio indicator <laughs> when you were on the correct yeah. track
0: yeah. this is pure <laughs> yeah. trial and error no
1: no it doesn't do that in the NES version it does that in the Mario All-Stars version yeah, the, like, I'm sure indicated. it
3: does it on the NES version doesn't no, it play a no, no, chime
1: no. no no it doesn't play a chime no. oh okay
0: I misremembered yeah like yeah. That, that was a that was a, a concession for us soft modern gamers to actually tell Quali- us quality of life in sixteen bit era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this maze level. Uh, luckily, most of the enemies don't regen, but some of them do. And yeah, uh, my recommendation is even. if I don't you- think
1: any of them regen, but no, sometimes so. you appear in rooms that appear, that look like. Uh, Once you've already been oh, okay. in, but they just kind of look look like them. Yeah. So I I really tried.
3: Forty five minutes I spent on Bear this, play. and I I tried to map it, yeah. and I just could not do it, and I gave up. Forty five minutes I spent trying to do it before I looked at a map.
1: I knew it was coming, so I passed the game. Put up a YouTube playthrough next to me and just follow the guy or the girl who was playing it and, you know, their steps through the game. And I thankfully only had to do it once. And once you've done it once, it's very easy to remember what the path through the level is. Yeah.
0: I can't remember what I I did back in the day uh, because I would have, yeah, I wouldn't have had a video walkthrough. Likely just trial and error.
1: Probably. I mean, at some point you're going to loop. You're looping back to certain areas again. Yeah. It's not like an infinitely large labyrinth or anything.
3: Or maybe there was a nice
0: map printed in a magazine for you. I don't remember, but it is possible. It is possible, yeah. Uh, Now, because this sort of thing happens, um, a retro revival, I guess, or I don't know what you call it, but this was before such things were probably handled with more care. I think generally they are these days. Not always, there's still shambolic disasters of games released with old names but um, back in 2002 a company called 3D6 Games were tasked presumably by Sega to make a Game Boy Advance game with the title The Revenge of Shinobi I've never played this this isn't the game we're covering but I felt we had to mention it I remember it being reviewed poorly I remember looking at it and thinking it looked to me like a pile of garbage
1: yeah, I remember now seeing that. It. it doesn't uh, seem to have anything to do with the Revenge of Shinobi. Nope. it's a completely different game. Yeah,
0: it's just got, it, it shares a title and the license. And yeah, don't, I guess we're just as a, even though none of us can really say for sure, assuming none of us has played it, uh, we're saying this is not the game we're talking about. Probably best avoid it. Bearing in mind, it got a Metacritic score of 51 in 2002. Mm. Um, and you can probably take like a, a fair chunk off that for age. Don't. Probably don't bother.
3: And the main character is called Shinobi.
0: (laughs) Ah. So it goes in the bin just for that. It's like those Metroid games. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: those Zelda games where the boy is Zelda, of course. And Alex the kid.
0: Uh, You can hear some of the sound effects from the original Mega Drive game in the heavy Shinobi fight in Sonic Mania from 2017. I need to play more of that game. Yep, we might come to it on the podcast at some point if we get through. We've just got to get through about 20 years of terrible 3D Sonics before we can play it, (laughs) maybe. Uh, The next game for the team was actually another game of basically the same genre, which is eSWAT Cyber Police, uh, where they took an existing arcade game, which was probably even closer to Rolling Thunder than the Shinobi was, um, and made it into a a home game for Mega Drive. Uh, And then... After they did that, they made Bare Knuckle, which was originally going to be a sequel to E-SWAT known as mm. D-SWAT. Hence, it's got the cop car in it. Mm. And now you know.
3: And if you want to play a good Shinobi like on the GBA, Ninja
0: Cop. Ah, Ninja Five O, yeah. Uh,
3: or Ninja 5 O, I I think in some territory yes as, wasn't it? That is a... Let's be kind. It, it, it's a loving homage to <laughs> Shinobi.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it's also got... Uh, a bionic commando style grappling hook arm, yes. which makes it really cool. Yeah, that's one of those cartridges that I kind of wish I'd never sold. Obviously, oh some... yeah, I bet you that goes
3: for some now. Yeah. Oof, yeah, yeah, it was
0: pretty rare. I bought. I had an American import. Um, who was that by? I've forgotten who it was by. Was it? That was by Hudson Soft. Hudson. Yeah, check it out. Uh, that should should be a nomination for your one of your streams.
2: Actually, if you haven't played it already, Ben. Yeah, I mean, some somebody will at some point. <laughs> inevitably. It's, it's already like,
1: happened. Was... Somebody uh, requested it on the Patreon stru- uh, stream. Oh, did they? Ninja Cup or Ninja 5. Yeah, I've watched Ben play it. Sometime. Oh, I missed it. I he's forgotten himself. <laughs>
4: yeah, played played. yeah, he's
0: played it. There has been so 93 of them. It's quite a lot, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. yeah, That's a lot of games. A few three-word reviews. Follow us on social media. At Kane and Rince, of course. Mr. X-A-Lite says, Unreliably Somersault in Ninja. One GIF says, Needs a Dog. It's Hazel says mind blowing
2: intro.
1: Matthew Martin says intellectual property infringement.
2: Andy C T Wright says copyright strike ninjitsu.
1: <laughs>
3: Bearfish Pie says greatest crossover event. Robert Farley says kneel before
0: Zed. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Fum says kushiro masterpiece. Thanks everybody. So yeah, that's been. Three Shinobi games down. I don't know if we'll be... Oh, yes, we will be doing at least one more, Shinobi 3. After that, the series goes off in some funny directions. But Shinobi X,
1: Shinobi on a PS2.
0: Oh, the PS2 version, The game is really good. Shinobi yeah. and, uh, and the Nightshade as well. Nightshade, yeah. they're yeah. both really good. Well, you know, we'll see. No promises. But for now, let's summarise our feelings on this one, The Super or Revenge of Shinobi. Let's start with Ben.
2: Yeah, I suppose it's tougher for me, really, to kind of uh, to, to to summarize something that I'm maybe not as familiar with. With a lot of the other games that you've seen, me kind of talk about in this kind of uh, in this kind of uh, depth, really. Like my initial impressions of of playing this were really positive, to be honest. Like um, I thought it was like uh, it was what Sega do well, really. Like I said, which is take a an arcade intellectual property and kind of adapt it so it makes sense for for a kind of home market. And uh, I do think there's a lot of kind of cool stuff in this. Um like uh if I could play one game from the series, would this be the one that I'd play? Probably not. I'd probably play the arcade version realistically. Mm. Um but I do honestly think there's a there's a lot of merits to this, you know. Like uh you can't go wrong with with kind of the uh I don't know the the kind of sixteen bit charm that this has got and it's got an amazing soundtrack and I, I'm under no impression that uh putting the time in doesn't is uh it's worth putting the time in, you know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of uh I've seen quite a few clears, and uh, I've kind of seen. Uh, I've watched quite a few playthroughs on different levels of different versions that make me think that, uh, that. Yeah, like it would be a, it would be a fun little, uh, fun little endeavor. Uh, is it on my list of games to play and want credit? Uh, no, but there's no reason why it shouldn't be on yours.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Chris, how would you wrap this one up?
3: Yeah, this is a funny one for me. So my initial reaction to this was pretty negative. Mm. Yeah, I think I I was posted on Slack a bit, well, level 2-1 and level this, and Mm. I was really struggling with the jump mechanics. I was struggling with the double jump. I was struggling with the knockbacks, and the whole thing was just feeling a bit tiresome. Having stuck with it, I grew to like it more and more, and then I reached... 7-1 7-1 with the wharf and I hit another wall where I was thinking this is not very enjoyable and I'm fed up with it again and then you know and so on and so forth I got I got past that then I, I think I enjoyed it overall I certainly enjoyed the visuals I I really like the pixel art the music is fantastic and a real grower I think for anyone who listens to it on YouTube and uh, stick with it and, and give it multiple listens. It's one. It is. It's, it's like one of those albums that you first listen to and you're a bit meh, and then you listen to it more and more and it starts to just worm its way under the skin. It's very much like that. It's worth playing, I think, just to listen to that soundtrack and, and to see the, the, the sprite work. I find the gameplay very frustrating, and, and it goes back to the stickle twist that I felt the decision they had to make as to whether to... Basically, produce an arcade conversion for the you know for this new this new superpowered nineteen eighty nine home system, the Mega Drive, or or to go all in and do something completely different. And I think what they ended up with is something that's perhaps betwixt and between and fell between the stools a little bit. And maybe then when we get to Shinobi three, we'll see how yeah, a true console Shinobi should look. I think the weight of the arcade history actually held the game back, but other than those stumbling blocks, and they are truly platform related, it is quite a breezy game. And I think if you want to, if you want to say that you've cleared a 1989 Mega Drive game, g- give it a go because you'll get through it with a bit of persistence. I'm not a massively skilled gamer, but you know I'm fairly comfortable that if I played this, you know, for a reasonable amount of time. I'm pretty confident that i get through it even on hard. Not with Zero Shurikens, though. <laughs> um, so overall, I think I would recommend that, that people play it, but it wouldn't be without caveats.
1: Fair play. Mikhail. Yeah, first off, I just want to say that uh, I think uh, Chris kind of uh, underplays his general skill level games. In uh, You always uh, say a, that. A little bit.
3: Yeah. And I will continue to play it down, but thank yeah. you.
1: No, because James does uh, too. I've, se- I've seen I've seen numerous people just saying that oh I can't pass, you know the first or second level in this game mm. no matter how hard I try. So you know, you uh you want to see this game on uh, on both difficulties.
3: I'll give Ben a run for his money one day. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: You're coming for the crown. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this uh I I have kind of a similar experience as Chris with this, but not so negatively tinged. But it was more like. What I was saying in the beginning, like I kind of underestimated the difficulty of this game. Like I hit some walls uh, more than I anticipated. And, you know, I started playing a week ago uh, and uh, doing like two runs on the cartridge per night. Pretty much not even on every night, Uh, you know, just slowly making my way through it. And it reminded me of my journey that I had with Castlevania 3 only that game had the benefit of passwords and infinite continues to learn all the stages with uh but sort of this whole thing where initially some stages seemed way too hard and i you know you go through this sort this sort of emotional roller coaster especially with a deadline thinking ah, oh, this is too hard I, I won't be able to do this you know i won't be able to make it to the end of the game and then You know, the self-doubt starts setting in and then you do make a breakthrough and you do realize, oh, now I got a surefire way of beating this uh, insanely hard level that I perceived it as as first. But then without taking a single hit all of a sudden, you know, and you start making headway. And yeah, it just it just feels great to be able to uh, today finally kind of nail it. And I was imagining like. If I would have bought this, if I would have had a Mega Drive back in the days, I would have bought this game on release. I would have gotten my money's worth out of this, you know, with the time in that week I've spent at it. And now that I've got a a clear with uh, the nine lives uh, complementary, the complimentary nine lives of uh, Easy Mode and the bad ending, it feels like I'm not done with this game yet. It feels like I need to get the good ending and I need to get the clear on normal as well. uh, And I better get to it soon um be, while the game is still fresh in my memory while i still have all the timings down and still have all the stages completely mapped to my memory before i start forgetting things again um and that's not bad because i started out thinking like oh i got i, I have radiant silver gun still to to play you know i can't be taking this Oh, well, that's game easy can, you just finish that can, can in be afternoon. Taking, yeah, <laughs> this game can't be taking up that much of my time, and I kind of would like to play some some of that New Zelda as well, you know, at the same time. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I just had a, a really great time with this, and despite its quirkiness and despite it playing like not much else out there, uh, maybe the closest I could think of is something like. Uh, Uh, Magician Lord on a Neo Geo, Hmm. for example, that has a a feels similar only without the crazy double jump, of course. But, um, yeah, despite its quirkiness, um, it feels like a quintessential bit of 16 bit uh, action gaming, especially you know, very early 90s. That I'm happy I actually saw to the end and, uh, you know, I have a lot of fondness for.
0: Thanks, Mikhail. Yeah, going last just, I suppose, because I do feel pretty fondly towards this game. Maybe it's actually grown over time and in the lead up to this show, I kind of realised that I like this game as much as I do. I always had it as a, I knew it was a quotes Mega Drive classic, but I also knew it was an early Mega Drive game and had a few little quirks and foibles and uh, irritations and certain elements that maybe people wouldn't find it so fun coming to now and the fact that even i can go back to it after playing it all this time and having completed it decades ago i can still get found out by the first boss or by the double jump control or whatever sometimes but uh every time i boot it up i still think it's really cool it sounds fantastic i was also like not has sold on the ost at first i remember magazines talking about how amazing Kashiro's sound was on it, but I think because I'd already fallen in love with the Streets of Rage soundtrack, I came to it and it was uh, you know it didn't sound quite as technically swish or or whatever, and um, so it didn't kind of blow me away initially. But yeah, the more I've heard it and the more I've listened to those later level themes as well, the more I've come to appreciate it. And also yeah, just in looking at other people playing this game up to this show, from Ben playing the game kind of for the first time and and seeing kind of yeah basically similarly to how i came across it albeit decades ago and probably slightly more competent competently um but also watching videos of people who are really good at this game and seeing that you can actually really build up a a knowledge and a flow and a skill set that sort of gets around some of the game's spikes and uh and and challenges and we've heard from you know the game's designer uh And it's very clear that everything in this is there for a reason. And I I don't disagree with what Chris says about this being a kind of halfway house in a way between the arcade and the home console. It doesn't fully embrace being a a home consumer game. It would have cost 40 quid or whatever at the time. Sixty dollars, I guess, maybe Um, the equivalent now of about 100 pounds, something like that. This these were not throw cheap throwaway experiences and uh and as such they wanted you to you know to have to work at completing them so they would have a couple of really hard jumps and a maze level and some bosses that made you want to tear your hair out and it's all kind of part of the experience of course yeah if you play it on the version that i recommend most strongly which is that xbox version alex kid and co uh you also get one other great game in that collection and an Alex Kidd game <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get save states and and things like this uh, and you get a music player so you can just stick the soundtrack on if that's what you want to do but yeah yeah, it's a nice touch <laughs> but this game uh, yes it's, it is a Mega Drive classic in inverted commas and uh, yes if you're interested in the kind of the earliest days of 16 bit console gaming it's one of the essential texts in that regard I would say All right, so it just remains for me, Leon, to thank Chris, Mikheel, and Ben. Seeing as you're here, folks, uh, you could plug your other stuff.
2: Thank you very much. Um, If you good folks want to see me fail spectacularly, albeit for half an hour on this very game that we've been talking about, (laughs) then, uh, then yeah, go over to YouTube and check me out over at One Credit Classics. Every year... Uh, every week I stream kind of twice. People on Patreon pick me games on one and then another stream I'll just try and beat the kind of stuff and do uh, achievement runs. I'm in the middle of a long and winding three-part series that has seen me beat uh, the hardest iteration of Golden Axe, the Japanese version, uh, Mm. without getting hit. So I've done it with Axe Battler and I've done it with Tyrus and uh, I have uh, yet to do it with... uh, gilius that's the only thing hmm. I've got to do. And if I can do it with gilius, yeah, if I can do it with gilius, I can beat the entire game with all three characters without getting hit. So uh I so, consider yeah, myself to be a golden axe,
0: but that <laughs> is uh that is that is a bit a bit beyond me, I would say. It's level. Then I,
2: I I yield. There we go. But <laughs> 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 well, that's the top of bottom of it. Yeah, check us out uh over at uh One Credit Classics over on uh, the on youtube and uh if you're after uh if you're after more long-form podcast fun to to complement this uh this epistle that we've released here then so check us out uh me and uh, who else put the way mikhail out over at video wizards uh every every month we discuss uh, a different month from the years between 1980 and 1999 we talk about arcade games uh music tv Culture, Hulk Hogan, all kinds of stuff, really. Local Dutch, even news.
1: Luxembourg's TV personalities. Exactly,
2: yeah, <laughs> and everything uh, and everything in between. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, check us out over there. It's uh, well, it's a lot of fun in it.
0: Start at the beginning and see if you can catch up, folks. <laughs> Good luck with that,
2: <laughs>
0: Chris. You are, are you on anything else at the moment? Uh,
3: so you you can find me on Retro Asylum mainly on Game Club episodes, but also on um, general Retro Asylum episodes, and a small podcast that I started called Playthrough, which is a, an even longer-form discussion show than this, mainly what? focusing on narrative games <laughs> where we painstakingly go beat by beat ah, yes. through games over multiple hours and episodes of, uh, of discussion. So if you like even longer-form yeah. discussion... Uh, and you like your waffles very waffly, very toasted. Then, uh, yeah, that's do, actually do, do, do check
0: that's actually really it. cool because um, we used to try to do more narrative beat by beat stuff for the games that it was appropriate for, but the shows were just got too long for us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. spreading them over multiple shows, you've got a lot of playthroughs going on at any one time, by the sounds of it.
3: Yeah, and it's not unusual for us to actually spend more time waffling about a game than it takes to actually play. Oh, now. yeah
0: classic cane and rinse as well yeah all right uh Mm -hmm. only fair there you go folks you got plenty more to listen to and also my thanks to editor jay of course for stitching us together and making us sound good thank you to our correspondents and of course thank you for listening now next time in issue 571 we're all off on the oregon trail